are here today with Nathaniel Lagoye. Yeah, you said it right. I got it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about saying last names, and I got to always make sure that I'm saying them right. Yeah. But like I said, that's the power of editing. You can always start over. So. I thought you were going to butcher it straight no, up. No, I got second, it. Yeah. I got her. So you mentioned when you walked in here that you're prepping right now. Yes, I'm prepping for my, well, uh, how many shows now? Uh, this will be my fourth, fourth time, fourth or fifth time competing in the WNBF. I'm not really keeping track. I'll probably keep doing this for a while. Yeah. But this is the show that I'm actually prepping for right now is for my first uh, CPA show. So my debut in the CPA. So the CPA, for those of you who don't know, is the, I believe it stands for Canadian Physique Alliance. And it's a Canadian version of the uh, the NPC, uh, which is basically the junior version or like the younger sister to the IFBB. So um, competing as a so IFBB is the top one. Yeah, so IFBB okay, yeah. is kind of like the professional league. Yeah, and then the MPC is the amateur league. So MPC is the amateur league in the states, and then CPA is the amateur league in Canada. So, so once you get your pro card, you're an IFBB pro. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So yeah, because yeah, Leo and I talked about this when Leo was on the podcast. Yeah. Now, when you get into that CPA, are you are you going up against competitors that are no longer in that natural realm? Yes. Well, so with the CPA, they actually offer a few different competitions or, you know, so they have the natural, they have the natural um, competitions as well. So you can go as a natural athlete and compete there. But I mean, I've seen pictures of some of the guys who are, who compete as natural on that day. And the thing too, is even the CPA will say, you have to be natural the day of the show. So that means you can take whatever you want. (laughs) You can do whatever you want, but just get off of it and make sure you know, if they test you, you have to be natural that day. So basically, some people are not natural. They're just natural the day of the show. So yeah. I figured, you know what? Instead of me competing with a federation where they allow, uh, you know, PDs and everything, they allow an open playing field. And then, you know, somebody's going to come in natural the day of the show, but they're not really natural. I figured might as well just play with the big boys. So I'm actually doing a non-natural show. So like it's untested. I want to roll with the big boys and I want to see what I can do with my two testees. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like it's, that's all, it's just me and my two testees. So like, that's all I'm, I'm doing, man. I'm stealing that, okay? <laughs> yeah. So no, no yeah, take it. You can have it. So um, I'm like, you know, what can I do with my two testees? That's let's, amazing. Let's see what I'm going to do. So yeah. I'm gonna, you know, do that. And uh, it's something that I've always, it's always toyed around in my mind. Like I never thought I would be in the position where I could ever compete period or even compete against guys who are um not natural so for me it's like you know what i love the challenge and on it's, it's fun like i'm not it's not like i care that much about being a pro it's just this is fun it's a nice competition uh, i had the opportunity and the privilege too so um and also for me i think i also want to see what natural bodybuilding looks like next to enhanced bodybuilding okay because yeah. i feel like sometimes there's this belief in natural bodybuilding they're like oh natural bodybuilding you know you can't reach a high level you know you can't compete with the big boys you can't get your ibb pro card naturally and i'm like okay you know what yeah let, let's see if i can let's see if i can yeah. my challenges so yeah i am yeah well i think like i was like, discussing this with matthew <laughs> i don't remember who i was discussing with this but i find like what you get between the natural and enhanced people natural comes in like more condition unless that enhanced individual is like really pushing diuretics and everything. But the enhanced has the size. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, That's where they get to you. And I guess I don't know a lot about it. I'm starting to know more because I keep bringing on guests that are competing and everything. So I'm (laughs) starting to learn a lot. But like when it comes down to the judges, I know when you talk about, let's talk like really, really high. Yeah. They want those mass monsters. Oh, they do, yeah. That's yeah. what brings in the money. Yeah. That's what brings in the the, the people to come watch. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like from what I've seen, you can go really well naturally yeah. up until, like, 
Olympia or something. Oh, and I don't then... even know if you can get do that well up until Olympia. <laughs> I feel like you, you can get your pro card natural. Yeah. But then once you start competing with the with the pros, it's a different ball game. It's kind of like, how do I put it this way? It's kind of like bringing a, a Mustang to like, you know, um, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini <laughs> Super Show. Like a Mustang is an incredible car. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful car. It'll destroy a lot of cars on the road. But then you're competing against Lamborghinis and Ferraris. Like yeah. you, it's, you know, so it's one of those. It's you'll, you'll look nice when you're just sitting there. But once you're at this race line and it's go time, yeah, you're going to be in the dust. So it's one of those. I mean, I don't expect to be like, you know, top or make it to the Olympia. I just want to know, can I get my natural? I mean, can I get my IVB Pro card naturally? Mm -hmm. Like, because there's a lot of natural uh, competitors or non-competitors who think you cannot make it to the IFBB. You cannot make it. You know, you cannot do well in a national show, like so a national show in the NPC or national show in the CPA without using uh, performance enhancement drugs. Mm -hmm. And I don't think so. I think, you know what, you can't go to, you can't go as high as possible. Well, like you can get your IVB Pro card natural, but for you to compete with them in the Olympia, ooh, that's a different <laughs> ball game. Like you, you would not do well. And that's just the fact, but... Um, at least, you know, can you push your body naturally and do the best and at least look like, you know, some of those guys, when I say some of those guys look like some of those guys, maybe not as big, but like as refined and have a beautiful physique. And I believe, yes. Um, and I think that's just sort of where I'm at. Um, and yeah, it's actually funny. You were talking about the size factor because that's definitely true when you're an enhanced athlete, you can go as big as possible. You're a freak, you know, you just, it's different, but um, with me, the thing where I think I have an opportunity or where I'm playing with my strengths is my aesthetics. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started working out, my main goal was and is always aesthetics. And I mean, it, it kind of goes to show. So because I focus more on aesthetics and I didn't aesthetics and symmetry, I, I'm not the biggest guy, mm -hmm. but I don't have to be the biggest guy because of my shape, my proportions. I look bigger than I am like um a lot of, um, you know, enhanced guys, they think I'm like over 200 pounds, around 200 pounds. Yeah. I'm not 200 pounds. I'm like, if I'm 190 right now, that's a very good job. I am not yeah. 190 pounds right now, but I don't look 190. I look a lot bigger. So yeah, I want to use that to my advantage. Well, especially when you have your shirt off, right? Yeah, I know. I can't see yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like people, it was, that was, it's interesting because uh, when I had Jordan here on Tuesday, <laughs> she was talking and I said, you have to let me put up a picture of you on stage because right now you're just in a hoodie and pair of sweats. Like people don't really know kind of where you're coming from, but uh, yet she's yeah. like got pretty good size yeah. and everything. So, because yeah, like that is, uh, once again, too, you talk about like posing, for example, like yeah. you can take a guy that looks 190 and as soon as he starts posing, he looks looks 220 yep yep that's and it. Yeah. so you stay pretty um pretty good shape year round don't you yeah it's a lifestyle for me like yeah. um yeah I, I, honestly i started working out just for myself just just because i mean it's one of those i wanted to do track and field initially when i first started lifting weights so i just wanted to look like a sprinter like i was 127 pounds soaking wet no muscle really oh yeah 127 pounds soaking wet no muscle and when I looked at most sprinters, most sprinters are jacked. So when I was 14, I looked at Donovan Bailey and I'm like, this guy is jacked. He's got arms, delts, legs. I'm like, I don't look anything like a sprinter. <laughs> so I'm on the track, uh, track and field team. Oh, you do long distance? You do long distance? I'm like, I'm a sprinter. You're a marathon runner. Yeah, but I look at the marathon runner and I hated that. So for me, I'm like, okay, you know what? I got to put on muscle. So I just wanted to be 145 pounds because I figured if I put on 
you know, off almost 20 pounds, I would look, I'd have some muscle, especially if it was lean tissue. So, um, yeah, I put on the 20, I think by the time I finished high school, it was around 1, 145. So I was around 145. Oh, you're 127. Yeah, yeah, I was okay. yeah. I you were <laughs> Oh, no, no, I mean, like I was 145. So even after high school, I was 145 pounds. Yeah, okay. So I was still small, but I wasn't skinny anymore. Mm-hmm. And then um, I tore my knee right after high school. So I wasn't able Running? to, yeah, well, no, I was actually playing basketball. So I was oh. playing pickup game basketball, tore my knee. Um, so I wasn't able to compete in, as, in a, in a, as, a, as a track and field athlete. I wanted to get a scholarship, run um, track and field for the UFC, the dinos, but that didn't happen once I tore my knee. So I just kind of continued lifting weights because I was like, you know, if I can't run, at least I can lift weights. It's a nice way to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So I kind of, it's a lifestyle for me. Like I'm not trying to get big. I'm not trying to be anything i just want to be in shape and that's it so that's why i look like that all the time because that was sort of like my i guess that was my foundation i just wanted to yeah. be in shape and yeah running was the one thing i wanted to do before bodybuilding took over so yeah and right now lived in calgary your whole life no 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 um i was born in nigeria okay grew up in botswana and then i live in canada that's how i describe myself. when story. did you move to canada i moved here in 2004 oh really yeah, and how do you now Oh, 33? Yeah, 33. Oh, we're the same yeah. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, 33, yeah. Oh, so, so you spent almost... quite a bit of time over there then. Yeah, so um, I was, well, before I used to, used to be half my life, so I came when I was 14, I'm 33 now, so I've spent most of my life here. Yeah, most of my life okay. here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought, for some reason, I thought you spent most of your, um, no, I thought you were like still young when you moved to Canada. I thought that's Well, what... 14 is young. Well, no, I meant younger than that. <laughs> oh, I guess no, yeah, no, 14 no, no. Is young, but no. Um, I left Nigeria when I was six years old. So I was born in Nigeria. I left Nigeria when I was six. Then I went to Botswana, and I was in Botswana up until we left in February two thousand and four. And then from um, yeah, then in February two thousand and four, came here to Canada. We were up north in Fort McMurray, and then we're yeah, there. <laughs> no, it's actually not bad. Like it's not bad. I mean. It was, I think I'm sort of happy I was there before I came to Cal- to Calgary. Yeah. That would have been a little too big for me. And like Calgary was, Calgary is huge compared to Fort McMurray. Yeah. So like getting comfortable with Fort McMurray and then coming here to Calgary was like, oh, a nice transition. So now I like it. Yeah. So why the move to Canada? That's a very good question. Um, I don't know if I have the answer for that. I'd like to think I helped um, influence my parents. I don't know. I remember when we were younger, my parents wanted to um, move because... We were getting at the point, we were getting to the point where we were going to be starting high school soon. And in Botswana, there was only two major universities and they didn't offer a lot of programs. So the option for us uh, being Nigerian immigrants would have been, okay, um, we'd either have to go to school in South Africa or other some other country with uh, universities that have more courses. So my parents okay. were thinking, if these kids are going to have to move and leave us anyways, they're going to have to go you know, either Botswana, I mean, either South Africa or like Zimbabwe or somewhere else. Um, you know, that means there's going to be a transition or change. So they were looking at, you know, um, I guess setting us up well for the future. And, uh, you know, I think they were thinking of UK, the US, a bunch of different countries. And I remember thinking, well, what about Canada? Like, I never hear anything bad come out of Canada. It's a pretty peaceful country. I know it's cold, but like, what about Canada? And then kind of played around my parents' uh, mind. My dad came here twice before we eventually moved here. And um, yeah, so... He's a far, he works as a pharmacist, so he was able to sort of um, get a position or a job, well, get a job as an intern before he did his examinations and pass all that. Oh, because I uh, guess the transfer. Yeah, yeah okay. so that was a little bit unfortunate. So that's, so he came here when he got things ready, like the internship, all that stuff. Then um, we all moved here. So we came here basically just for our, our education because... I'd say my parents definitely downgraded a little bit when they moved here because we were, we'll say, upper middle class back home. Okay. And then we came here and we were just like, 
normal middle class or lower middle class. I don't know, just normal right, middle class. Yeah. So we were like pretty well off, like uh, back in Botswana. And then we sort of downgraded a little bit. Um, my dad was a manager of a pharmaceutical company. So going from the oh, manager wow. of a pharmaceutical company to being an intern, yeah, huge transition for them. Huge transition. What were like, you saying before we started? Kids, kids, kids. Yeah, kids, kids, <laughs> kids. So yeah, I mean, they did that for us. Yeah. And um, so that's why we came here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was, was it like a big cultural shock or was it? Oh, it was everything shock. It was <laughs> yeah. everything shock. Um, yeah. Like, cause I mean, in, in Botswana, it was, I went to an international school. So um, I'll say it was kind of like a melting pot. So I'm used to seeing, you know, kids from different nationalities else, um, you know, so there were Dutch kids in my school, there were Indian kids, there were Chinese kids, there was everybody in my school. Right. So um, that's sort of what I, grew up with and then you know then there was the weather Botswana it gets as hot as like plus 41 degrees in the summer right and winter for us is like 18 18, 18 degrees people are wearing parkers <laughs> it's so cold no honestly like it's like 10 degrees i remember there was one time it went to like seven degrees man cattle died people went to the hospital people people got sick people died pneumonia all because it doesn't get tw 18 degrees as cold for us it went to seven degrees man people got sick animals died because they're not used to that kind of cold that's yeah. insane it, i know it's, it's weird because seven degrees and we're like yeah right so like we're wishing for that today and so that's what that's what i came so i remember i think the day before we left canada i think it went to like plus 41 like a couple weeks before i'd left a comb in the back of my uh in the back of my mom's car in the back seat and like next day the comb the teeth had fused it was melted it got so hot in the car the teeth had fused so like that's how hot it was in botswana you don't leave stuff you you don't leave stuff in the car because if you do it's hot like it it's it's very hot so you know you can cook eggs out like literally you can cook eggs on your window shield it's that hot so i went plus from plus 41 to, and you were in February, you said? Yeah, so when it came here, it was like minus 32. It was minus, it was like minus 32, minus 36. And I'm like being in the Edmonton airport. I'm like, I'm looking outside and it's like, oh, it's minus 32 outside. And it's not comprehending. Because have you watched Cool Runnings? Dude, yes, I have. Is yeah. that what it would like to put on like 70? <laughs> and honestly, oh, we had, I don't know how many layers I had, but it didn't do anything because... I mean, I probably had like four or five layers. I had like, you know, zip up jacket. We had a jacket from Botswana. No, we had to get jackets from Canada because the jackets from Botswana, I don't know if they were not warm enough or whatever, but you come here and it's minus 32. I remember stepping outside in the cold and I had never felt cold in like my bones and my blood. Like I felt the cold inside of me, oh, even though man. you were all layered up. So yeah, I remember the thinking like, what am I doing in this country? This is crazy. This is bananas. And now it's like, it's minus 10. And I'll walk outside with just like, you know, flip-flops. I'll go outside and like no jacket and I'll go throw the garbage out and I'm fine. But yeah. Like, when I first came here, plus 41, minus 32, that was two different stories. So like the temperature was a huge call, was a huge shock for me, but I got over it. Yeah. Um, How long what, did it take to adjust? A couple months, man. A couple yeah. months, I'll say. Yeah. Because um, when, when I went to high school, we had to walk home. So, because I didn't know how, to, we didn't know how to take transit. Okay. And like, if you took transit, it would have been like a five minute bus ride, but we would walk 25 minutes. So my brother and I would walk 25 minutes home. We didn't, cause we didn't know how, how to take transit. Right. So we'd walk 25 minutes home and it'd be like minus 30 something in Fort McMurray. So we had to get used to the cold yeah. tree, uh, pretty quickly because, you know, we walked like five days a week. So we went to school like Monday to Friday. Yeah. Right. So we got pretty used to it when the summer came. You know, we got used to the summer. So when the second winter came, or well, I guess our first introduction to winter, because we came here in February. So by the time 
maybe September, October rolled by, we were a little bit more prepared for it. Okay, yeah. We actually had winter jackets from here. Yeah. So like it was Goose a lot down. different. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is gonna show my extreme lack of education in the world. What, okay. What's the language spoken there? Oh, in Botswana? Yeah. Setswana. So Botswana is, oh, so Botswana is a country. They speak Setswana. So, so was that a big adjustment or? So I didn't actually speak Setswana because oh. I went to an, uh, to an uh, oh, international, international school. Yeah. yeah. So like we had to speak English all the time in school. Mm. The only time you could speak a different language was when you were taking a class like that. So um, you couldn't speak. They wouldn't permit you to speak your language unless you were, say, taking. So I'm Nigerian. I speak Yoruba. So if I was speaking Yoruba, I could get a detention unless I was taking Yoruba class. If I was French and I was, if, but I was speaking French, I could get detention unless I was speaking French. So that's just how, sort of how it was in the school. They really wanted us to work on, uh, you know, our grammar and just our English. And everybody spoke English very well. That's when I came here, people were like, oh, you speak English very well. It's like, yeah, because I went to a private school and I speak better English than you. Yeah, so, right. You know, people are like, oh, you African? How can you speak English? Because I speak English. Like, you know, sort of so those. Were you, were you put in the international school then because like your parents knew you were going to be coming to Canada or is it why, why the international school? I have no idea, man. Yeah. Um, I think my parents just wanted the best for us. So, you know, oh, so it is one of the better schools yeah. then when you look at it that way? Because you did go to, uh, to a public school the first, the couple of weeks, I think when we first were in Botswana, I don't remember it very well. It's very, 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 very faint in my memory, but we did go to a, pu a public school for a little bit. Um, then my mom got a job uh, teaching. So my mom was a teacher then. So she was teaching at a private school. And then, um, so she, so I think, yeah, once she got the job a couple months later, a couple weeks later, we went to that same school. Okay. It was, uh, I mean, the school fees then were a lot, but I think it was obviously worth it. Otherwise my parents wouldn't have done it. So yeah, I think true. we just wanted the best for us. And, um, I, in hindsight, it's definitely, it was a good thing because when we came, it was an American, Americans owned it. So when we came from that school to here, transitioning, was not a big adjustment at all. Like the science I, I was doing in Botswana was very similar to the science here. Like I was smoking kids in science class. Like, like it's, I mean, and I just, and I just came. So people were yeah. like, oh, you're so smart. You're so smart. It's like, no, like, <laughs> this is just the same stuff you're doing back yeah. home. Same, same yeah, thing. You know yeah, what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So um, did you go, was it a private school when you came to Canada or was it, um, you went public? Yeah, I went public school. So that was weird for me. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say that was definitely a culture shock for me going from, cause I went to a private school for like almost all my life. I think even in Nigeria, I went to private school. So going from private school to like public school and in Botswana, even in public schools, you, you wore uniforms. They had uniforms, private school. We had nicer uniforms. So the private school I went to, you had to wear black shoes, gray socks, gray pants. If you're a girl, your gray skirt, you wore a blue but, uh, shirt with a red tie. You wore a red ver vest and a navy blue blazer. So like we were like all, you know, you, you know when you see those rich kids are like, you know, well, that's how we dress. So that's the school <laughs> I went to. Then coming from that to here. Yeah. And I saw kids wear pajamas in school. <laughs> Man, that messed me up. Cause I'm like, why? And I'm a, you know, for me, we had to wear like suits more or less. Yeah. Come in wearing blazers, you know, like even the hats, the hats had to be like approved. So you had to wear like special face caps, you know, with like the school logo on it because right. you couldn't just wear a face cap. So I, I came from that private school to like, I come here and people are wearing like pajama pants in school. And I'm like, did Kids your parents let you leave? in the halls like, and yeah, everything. Did, you, did your parents let you leave? And like, it's so weird. It's, it for me was weird, the no uniform thing. I mean, I thought it was cool, but then for me, it was just a shock people wearing sweatpants. Cause I'm like, isn't there any guidelines or... Like around uniform. So that was huge for me, man. Like, but also liked it because um, I got to express myself and my yeah. individuality. And I think that's sort of how I liked it. 
it's it's there's some pros and cons because when you're able to express your individuality, it's good. In a way, I'll say the con part is, um, you know, when it, then there's some we'll say hierarchy because some you know some kids will wear different brands or whatever, so it's kind of like, oh yeah, my shoes are better than your shoes, my shirt's yeah. better than your shirt. Versus when we would just wear uniforms, it was you're all the same. Yeah, it, like it's you know we all wore the same uniform. I mean, your shoes might be different, but like they had to be black, so like. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, and that to be black Oxford sneak uh, shoes. So not, not even sneakers. So like you can wear your sneakers during phys ed. So I'd say um, there were there's some pros to cons to switching from private to public school. But I'd say there were, for me, definitely more pros. Um, yeah, like a little bit more pros. It was for me the first time where I felt like I could start expressing my own individuality, which is something I never really felt like. I had the privilege to, um, you know, coming from some Nigerian, we have a we'll say cultural background. So it's kind of, there's a way they expect you to do things, you know, or you have to do things this way, say things this way, you know? So it's almost like I was, I had been groomed to do things a certain way um, because, you know, that's just a culture. So, you know, going from, oh, I have to do things a certain way to, oh yeah, you can wear what you want. I was like, whoa, okay. I can wear what I want. Like, that's dope. You know, I can... I can choose the classes I want. Are you kidding me? So for yeah. me, that was huge. So I kind of like that. And that's when, um, you know, the, uh, the self-expression started coming out for me because before that, I don't know if I'd say I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of um, self-expression or the ability to express like myself. The freedom yeah, to like the freedom. Yeah. 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 I mean, I also left when I was what, 14. So who knows? Maybe it could have changed when I was older, but yeah. yeah have you been just, back? Ooh, have I been back? No, I haven't. I haven't been back to no. I haven't been back to Botswana or Nigeria since I left here. Yeah. So there's no family or anything over there. No, I still have family there. I still have family there. Oh, you're but um, when I got married back in 2018, a lot of them came here for the for the wedding. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a big reunion. Um, I was hoping maybe after university I would be I would go uh, visit, but then ended up working, traveling, uh, meeting my wife. So like that didn't really happen. I just kind of forgot it. So yeah, yeah. So I just want to keep. I want to ask again about like when you moved. What was it like with like making friends and everything? Uh, Especially at that age, because kids are mean. Oh, kids are still mean, man. Kids, <laughs> kids are still mean. Um, I mean, so I remember, like, I just, I just <laughs> the thing that I remember about, well, not, not so much making friends. Before I talk about making friends, I remember one of the questions, uh, or two questions, somebody asked me, like, did they have a fridge in Botswana? And like, this is a girl's asking me in science class. It's like, girl, my grades are better than yours. <sighs> And it's like, my grades are better than you. How can you ask such an unintelligent question? Like, That's your you opportunity to mess with them, though. <laughs> That's well, so I'm just kind of thinking. So so my question was, I was like, so um, do you think that at the airport, they kind of had this model of a house in there? And they're like, hey, this is a house. <laughs> These are appliances. This is a fridge. This is how you use a fridge. This is a microwave. Then she felt really dumb. Yeah. So like, that's what, then the second thing I remember was somebody asked, did you live in trees back home? And I'm like, oh my goodness. So those, so I mean, this was like my first or second week in school, man. So that was for me sort of like, where, what um my we'll say my earliest experience and i'm like man is this the country i'm in like people ask if i live in trees they ask me if i have a fridge like oh so i didn't know if i was gonna be able to make friends but mm-hmm. um i made my first friend uh when i joined the track and field team his name was david hurley um very very nice guy i believe he's still a, i think I think he's a teacher now but anyways i haven't really kept in contact with him but he was my very first friend and i made um yeah and i became friends with him through track and field and coincidentally, a lot of the friends I have made have been either through health, uh, through my involvement, my involvement with fitness, and I'll say mostly fitness because some of the people that I met in class or whatever, 
I never really got got along with. And yeah. I found that sort of my story when it comes to making friends because, um, you know, I never really, I always struggled to make friends. I always felt like I didn't really fit in. Um, I was Nigerian, grew up in Botswana. So, you know, I went to an uh, international school. I was the runt for the most part in the class. So I was one of like the smallest kids. And I was also, um, everybody knew my mom was a teacher. My mom was pretty notorious in, in the school. So I think because people knew my mom was a teacher, Sometimes some of the kids didn't want me to be uh, to be involved or whatever because they thought I'd snitch on them. Um, they just oh, like, like a teacher's, teacher's pet, pet yeah, kind of yeah, that thing. type of thing. So they kind of literally <clears throat> guys just like excluded me because like oh yeah, your mom's a teacher. We don't want you. You're gonna tell on us. I'm like I didn't even know what they were doing. I just was almost always excluded. Um, and then also because I was a short kid as well, too, I just sit kind of more in the front of the class. And like um, even till today, I I'm still one of those people who I, when when a teacher asks a question and I know the answer. I'll wait to see somebody answers. And if they don't, then I'll raise up my hand. So I just don't like the awkward silence. So as a child, I used to do that. Like the teacher will ask a question, everybody's hand, I'll raise up my hand, answer. So myself and like maybe the other will call them nerds or whatever, were the ones who'd answer the question. So like that really helped with the with the with the isolation. So like other boys or other kids are just like, ah, he's a teacher's pet, you know, smarty pants. So they kind of just like pushed me away. So honestly, I didn't have a lot of friends back home in Botswana. Um, and even when I came here, you know, so now I'm this immigrant kid, I have an accent or whatever. I'm like one of the, I think the, how many black kids were there in, in my high school in Fort McMurray, the first high school I went to, I think there was like three of us. So like, in yeah, Fort McMurray, really? Or, well, so the three high schools in Fort McMurray and the high school that I went to composite high school, there was myself, there was my brother, there was Saeed, there was Wes. And so there's four black guys. Okay. And then Saeed's sister was there. And there's some like half, uh, half, uh, half black chicks. So we'll say there's like five and a half black people in the whole high school. Really? And like, yeah. And my brother and I were immigrants. So like yeah. we, we looked different, sounded different. So it really, we really didn't fit in. And it's one of those, you know, um, yeah, it was hard for me to make friends because you, for, in order for you to make friends, you almost, there needs to be more similarities and there just seem to be more differences between me and other people. So when I joined the track and field team, that was like, oh, the first similarity. It's like, oh, this guy likes sports or he can run. So David and I um, kind of hit it off. Very, very nice guy. And then um, I went to a different high school in grade for grade 11. So when I first came here, I was in grade 10. So I went to a different high school in grade 11, Westwood Community High School. That's where I graduated. Um, I joined the track team as well there to try out for the basketball team. So I made some friends um, when I tried out for the basketball team. Didn't stick on the basketball team. Running was more my thing. Um, I think I actually ended up making the reserve. So I actually didn't even make the main team. I was on the reserve. So I'm like, well, screw this. I don't want to be on the reserve. So, but I met some people just through the, uh, the trials as well too. And then also, um, what I was working out as well too, at that point, because I didn't have any friends. So go figure. I was like, I'll just yeah. go work out. So I made some friends in the gym as well too. two, um, two guys, Sangram and Travis, I think Travis lives in Calgary now. Um, I don't know about Sangram, but I think he's in Edmonton. But Sangram and Travis ended up uh, making friends with them as well, too, because they were in the gym. So we'd see each other. They were in my English class. So that's so slowly I started making friends, but it was mostly through my involvement in sports. And yeah, I think that's that people thought I was cool because, oh, yeah, this guy is really fast. He's, so that's that's sort of it. And even now, I feel like a lot of my friends are in the fitness industry or just somehow related yeah. to fitness. So that's how I made most of my friends. If I'd never been involved in fitness, I probably wouldn't have any friends. I don't know if I'd have any so? friends, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, yeah, because I, I never really fit in. Yeah. I never really fit in. Like, even even now in the fitness industry, if I still don't really fit in. Like, really? I don't fit in. Like, 
Um, most people look at me and say I'm a bodybuilder. But I'm like, I don't, I don't, I only started considering myself a bodybuilder last year. Before then, if you talk to me, I'm like, I'm not a bodybuilder. I compete in bodybuilding. I'm not a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. And I say that because a lot of bodybuilders, I mean, not knocking on bodybuilders, but there's a way bodybuilders think, behave, whatever. Like it's all, you know, it's bodybuilders. I don't know how to say it. And I mean, not every bodybuilder is like that. Chicken and rice mentality. <laughs> yeah. Versus for me, I, I think different, man. I, I, I like freedom a little bit. Even with some bodybuilding principles I disagree with, mm -hmm. I think for myself, um, I don't train like a bodybuilder. I know I have the muscle, I look like it, but I won't train like a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. I only train like a bodybuilder when I have to, when I'm prepping. So I think very different. I don't, I, yeah, I just, I, I never, I don't see myself as a bodybuilder. I see myself as an athlete. And I mean, some people say bodybuilders are athletes. Bodybuilders are just it's just a bodybuilder is like a glorified beauty, beauty pageants. Like yeah. flexing your muscles is not anything athletic. I think when you're training in the gym, that's when you're an athlete. But when you're on stage, not really an athlete. They're kind of just judging you, you based on your looks. So um, yeah, I never really saw myself as a bodybuilder. So I didn't really feel like I fit in with the bodybuilding because to be honest, bodybuilding I think is weird. <laughs> I, I think it's such a weird thing. So like, I didn't really like fit. I, I just like the posing yeah. aspect. And I think um, when I was 14, when I first started working out, I was 127 pounds. So I never thought I would have the physique that I have mm -hmm. right now. And I never thought I'd even be able to compete because I'd never be this big or whatever. So like now that I sort of have this physique, the reason why I compete is like, this is something 14 year old me would have loved to do. So if I, as a 14-year-old, as I look at guys in the magazines like, man, this is incredible. These guys look amazing. Like, oh, that would be amazing if I could do that. But I never saw, thought, thought that I could do it or saw myself doing it. But now that I have the physique, now that I have the opportunity, I'm like, why not? Why not do it? Why not compete? So I compete because it's something I feel like I have the opportunity to do. So why not take it? You know, at some point I'm going to pass away. You know, I want to be old and I don't want to be like, man, what if I never competed? So that's honestly why I compete. I love posing. Um, I think it's an art form. It's a way of expressing myself actually too. So that's honestly, I think part of my love for bodybuilding. It's like the posing aspect, the way of expressing my, my, yeah, myself, my artist, uh, my artistry and um, just showing off my physique. But besides that, don't really care much about bodybuilding. I have to be honest. Well, I think how I look at bodybuilding is I understand what you're saying. Like, um, like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to like take it, anything away from anyone. Like not saying they're athletes. I feel like it's more like a chess game. It is because, and like I was saying this to Jordan, cause Jordan, like what she's doing is she's trying to change perspective on eating. Yeah. And I'm like, you ha like most people in order to do bodybuilding have to be a little bit crazy. You have to, to like, put yourself through that. hundred percent, hundred percent. And yep. so that's why I say it's like a chess game because you got to make the right moves so you can stay in that game yeah. and get to the, you know, knocking the, the how's chess work queen over again, <laughs> yeah. knocking. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I think. It's like, obviously, yeah, they, they work hard and everything, but it's like, there's so much that goes into it on the mind aspect yeah. to keep your sanity and compete. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I look at bodybuilding. Funny enough, uh, I think that's another aspect that I like about the bodybuilding thing, the, 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 the mindset or the mind part, because for me, I'm a, very, I'm a deep guy. I think a lot. Um, and you know, I'm kind of, one of the things I'm, uh, I love is just mindset. So I love the brain, the mind, how it works, how you can, you know, change your perspective, how you can transform your life and, um, you know, how you can just overcoming tough things. And when you, when I go through a bodybuilding prep, your mind plays a lot of tricks on you. Oh, you know what? Um, stop doing this. You, should, you know, cheat on your, on your food or, you know, why even do this? There's so many things that come to play. And for me, each prep I've done, 
I've always come out with a sharper mind, a clearer mind. And like, I get to learn a little bit more about myself and I get to see how weak I am or how strong I am. So it's like, oh man, I'm really struggling with this. Okay. Like let's dial it down. Like let's work on this. And I see it as more of a personal, uh, personal development or self-improvement because um, I never got in it just to, you know, get a trophy to get whatever prize IFBB pro, whatever. No, no, no. I just got on. I honestly just loved posing and like thought, I'm just doing it because I have the opportunity to, but I love the mental aspect. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, it's such a game. And like, if you, if you play it well, you like playing games and it's like, you just get better at it. It's like, Oh, okay. I figured out a strategy. And that's how I see bodybuilding. You know, yeah. I learned how to um, take control of my body, take control of my mind, take control of my health. And yeah. Like um, I don't track macros a lot. Like other, like I, when I say I don't do things like other bodybuilders, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Why? Because each prep, I've learned something about myself. I've learned something about my body or something about fitness. And that's what I take from bodybuilding. The, the, it's literally the prep, the, the mental stuff, the, the stuff I'm overcoming, like time management, you know, I still got to get my workouts in and still get my meals in and still take care of my clients and still do this. You have to get good at time management. I have to get good at stress management as well, too, because if your cortisol levels go too high, it messes up with your physique. You know, for some people, when they're stressed out, they want to binge eat. For some people, they don't want to eat. So I have to make sure that I'm, um, I'm um, what do you call, managing stress as well, too. So that's one of the things. So it's one of those, when I'm, like right now, as I'm in prep, I'm like, okay, I'm managing stress pretty well. I'm eating pretty well. So I feel like I have a very good handle on things. But ask me in June. Ask me in June. <laughs> I'm almost yeah. like, oh, no, Curtis, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> but yeah, right now, it's still kind of like in the beginning. And um, I love it, man. I, I love all the stuff that I'm kind of seeing and experiencing and overcoming. And yeah. So what when did, what was the year that you got in that you're like, okay, I'm going to step on stage? What, was it, when, what year was your first prep? Oh, man, it was 2013. It was after a breakup. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was after a break. a lot of that things. what fueled it? No, actually. So it was this thing where... I'd been I'd been thinking about it for... I'd been thinking about it for some time. Kind of like, oh, you know, should I do bodybuilding? Because... I just wanted to do fitness modeling because I, 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 there was a part of me that wanted to do some modeling. Um, I actually tried uh, auditioned for... Was it Numa Models? Numa Models, I think. I, I tried... I think it was Numa. It was, it was a while. I was 20. The guy came and was like, you have a, got a nice body. You got, you got the look, but you're too short. And I was like, ooh, okay, okay, okay. That's fine. I'm short. But I was like, you know what? I might be short for like mainstream modeling, but like fitness... The guys were five seven that do fitness modeling. So I was thinking maybe I should try fitness modeling. And in my mind, then I thought... If I compete, I've done a show, there'll be somebody out there in the audience, you know, like sponsorship or something like, oh, I want, I want that guy to like, you know, to shoot and promote my product. So that's sort of what I was doing or what I was thinking. I thought, you know, if I do this, um, it'll be a stepping stone into fitness, into fitness. I'll know what it's like to get in shape, to get shredded. So if I have to get shredded for a photo shoot, I know how to do it. And also like, I can tell people I've competed before. So it's like brands will be able to sort of endorse me and sponsor Mm -hmm. me. That's what I was thinking back then. And this was in 2013. And um, I remember I was telling my girl at the point, well, the girl's dating then that I wanted to compete. And I felt like I couldn't do it without her. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to compete. It was just this. I'm like, oh, I just wanted to be a fitness model and be popular and all these things. So like that, that was sort of my end result. Um, and then, but I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do it. It was just kind of, is this, I think this is the way I have to do it to get what I want. 
then um yeah so she was like oh she go ahead and do it because she wanted me to be popular all that stuff go figure <laughs> so um then after you broke up a part of me was like man i told this girl that like i want to compete if i don't do it she's gonna like we're broken up but i'm like you know what she still has me on social media so i'm like oh well she's keeping me. i don't know I, I don't have on my social media but i knew she could see so i was like oh man i don't want her to like check my social media because she knew the the show i wanted to do so yeah. i didn't want it to be like oh you know what uh he's a loser i knew he was gonna <laughs> compete he can do anything without me he needs me because that was the thought that i had back then yeah so like, dude, I didn't want to do the show, but I did it because I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't need her. I can do this by myself. Like, I don't. So it wasn't even about the fitness modeling at that point. Forgotten about that because man, my heart was broken, shattered into a million pieces. Yeah. But like, I was like, I got my integrity. I don't need this girl. I can do this by myself. So I went and competed because I just wanted to show myself and her that like, I don't need you. Yeah. And I went and did it. And I was like, I don't need you. I'm good by myself. And I, that was also the year I shaved my head off too. So it was like, I just did completely different things. I just did something for myself, shaved my head, um, you know, competed and just did something for myself because I wanted to, mm -hmm. you know? So, and uh, yeah. And then that's when I realized, okay, you know what? I'm actually quite tough. Like I did a prep by myself. Nobody like, no, I don't think I, I told any, well, only two of my friends. I only told two of my friends. I didn't, like, my parents weren't there to support me. Nobody was there, actually. It was just one of those things. I just wanted to do just for my own peace of mind to do it. And um, turned out I actually would like the sport. Like, yeah. I like the challenge. And, I mean, um, it's not even, like, the stage and everything. It was just, like, whoa, the journey that I went through, like, the discipline, the focus, you know, um, the stuff I learned about myself, you know, because... I guess for me, and I guess this is just a little like I'm off topic, but um, back then I didn't know that I had issues with my emotion or well, emotions. Like I didn't, I wasn't very good with my emotions. Um, something girls would always tell like expressing me. Yeah, expressing or, my, yeah, yeah. Girls always say, I don't know how you feel about me. Like that was a constant mm. thing. Girl, oh, you never talk about your feelings. I don't know how you feel about you. Never. I and I, I didn't know how to talk about my feelings. I didn't express my. I didn't. Well, I sucked at express voicing them out. Like saying, yeah. Oh, I like you. I care about you. Like I, it's, I just felt things, and I'm like, okay, I feel things, but <laughs> I didn't know how to like process it or like talk about it. But in during that first prep in 2013, I felt a lot of things, um, and you know, it was one of those. I started being able to really, I guess, for me, understand my feelings because not even expressing them because there was nobody to express it to or to tell. But it's like, oh, so this is what pain feels like. Okay, this is what hurt feels like because I was so heartbroken. And like, you know, I'm like, I'm heartbroken, I'm starving, but it's like, I'm not feeling this, the starvation from, uh, from, you know, being in the deficit, I'm feeling the heartbreak. And it's like, this is what heartbreak feels like. Cause the other times I'd been heartbreak or heartbroken or dumped, I just got angry. I was just angry. So I never really allowed myself to feel the pain or the hurt or the loss. I just felt anger. And okay. that was almost always a thing in my life. Anger, 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 anger. So for the first time in my life, I'm like, I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling loss. I'm feeling, you know, um, like aloneness separation my siblings left me and i'm feeling all these things and while it was sad for me it was a beautiful thing because for the first time in my life i experienced and felt pain and sadness and it was a beautiful thing because it wasn't accompanied by anger yeah almost always it was like anger like if i felt sad i'd be like man stop being a bitch why are you like why are you mad like come on get over it and then i'd be angry I'd be like oh why are you sad and like i'd be mad at myself for being sad i never allowed myself to feel pain or sadness and hurt and at 23 years old, I felt felt all these things and it felt great. And like, you know, I felt hunger, I felt tiredness, I felt everything. And it was good to feel my emotions, to own them. And that was sort of it for me. So like when I say it was the personal development side and it was the the mental side, like that's really what I like about the preps. They, they push you 
Um, and the thing too is like when you also lose as well too, or you don't place or whatever the case might be, um, you also have to process those feelings. So I'll give you an example, like in 2021, um, at the, <laughs> at the, <laughs> at the WMVF show in October, um, I didn't get the placement that I liked. I want my division. Don't get me wrong. I just, I still believe the pro card was mine, but Hey, you know, the judges saw it otherwise and that's okay. Did they say um, why? Oh yeah, but I don't even want to get into that. Because, um, <laughs> that's and, and the reason why is well, the judges said why, but then when I saw like nothing, that show just didn't make sense in a way because like the judges were like, "Well, you weren't conditioned enough." Okay, so they said I wasn't conditioned enough. Then when I saw the pros in the evening, it's like I was just as conditioned as the pros or the guy who who got first. I probably could have had him that day. Yeah, and that's actually what was like. Oh, mm, so okay. the guy who beat me and came, like, they gave the pro card to. He didn't. I think he came third. So it's like if he beat me. And the reason why he beat me was because of conditioning, like the only conditioning, not size, because in bodybuilding, the size symmetry conditioning, mm -hmm. he only beat me by one, one thing, one yeah. criteria. I had him on the other two. Yeah. So when he went to the evening show and he placed, he should have had the show because if they were judging the same way they judge in the morning, he should have had the whole show. But he placed third and I'm like, oh. He's still got a pro card? Yeah, I think is well, it top the, three or how does that work? No, so um, so the, the way the pro card was is like the the winner of each the winner of each division was okay. so like you know lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, or whatever they compete against each other. So they have oh, a pose. Yeah. Okay. Then whoever comes out on top gets a pro card. Uh, that okay. should have been me. Yeah. And I say that should have been. I'm still talking confidently or whatever. The people's champ. And I say I'm in the people's champ because everybody in the stage was like shocked. They were like, "What the?" They didn't know what's going on. Even I'm like, I thought I knew bodybuilding. Went to go ch talk with the judges after. Like, hey judges, um, I thought those three things you guys look for. Like I had him in stage presence. I had him in everything else except conditioning. They're like, oh yeah, you know, the so the judge is actually very rude to me and very disrespectful to me. Like, yeah, very condescending. Basically said I was too fat. It's like, oh yeah, you'll see. Oh yeah, you'll see in the evening when these guys come out, you'll see. Basically saying I was in pro material, pro Yeah, and I'm like, dude, like anyways, my so uh, my wife was the one talking to the judges. She was so pissed. Like, you know my wife, she doesn't get involved. She was so pissed she walked away. Really? Yeah. Oh no, because she was like, I can't because she saw how much work I put in. Yeah. And to hear him sort of like Talk, like honestly the way he talked to me talk it was very rude and condescending like i would not talk to an athlete like that yeah. like, and, it's, and the thing too is i remember being like yo you know if you talk to a female athlete like that there could have been a because well, women are very sensitive i'm like you know they're and the thing too is when you're that depleted you're, you're very self-conscious in your head a lot now to go and say i'm fat yeah bruh are you yeah. kidding me man like go go say that to a girl and see how she feels yeah. see how if you don't mess up with her you know body dysmorphia or self-image and everything so like mm -hmm. he said that to me but hey that's okay like i didn't take it personal but i was like let's let me just watch what happens in the evening mm -hmm. so i saw what happened in the evening and i laughed it off or whatever because i had to laugh it off because it's a joke so but yeah. even then i learned something i'm like you know what i'm really not attached to titles i'm really not attached to like you know, this thing, a pro card. Yeah, I wanted to win the pro card. I thought it was mine. But in the end, I realized, you know what? I'm still okay not having a pro card. Like, I don't need a pro card. It's something nice to have, but I don't need it. And like yeah. that prep too. So even how I handled that loss, um, it let me know that, you know what? I'm okay with losses. Now I'm okay with taking things. Because say if that had happened in 2017, oh man, I would have been like, oh, I don't know how it would have been. Like I would have been feeling bad about myself. I don't know. I really don't know how it would have been. But when it happened, I just laughed it off. I was like, these guys are jokers. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of it. So that's how I see bodybuilding. I see it more as like a way for me to get better at um, being me. Like, yeah, know, just, yeah. Was 2021, was that, was that COVID? 
Yeah, it was, right. after, it was after COVID. So uh, it was the first show that the WNB, because I, I don't think they had any shows in 2020. That yeah, show, okay. show in 2021. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was it. So is there, so I'll give you an example. Uh, Cause like, so what you said there is like, you use the words like a, like a guy works his butt off. And I see this a lot with women. Like a lot of women work really, really hard and then they won't play. It's cause they don't have, uh, you know, lip injections or, or, or breast implants whatever, or yeah. whatever. Right. In, cause I'm trying to, I, I think Leo said there wasn't much of this, but is there like politics and that stuff? Cause an example of an old coach of mine, he, you would have to be, like blind not see that he should have got first place but the guy that got first place was a competitor of full force who was sponsoring oh, the show yeah 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 so as soon as you said full force i'm like yeah, yeah yeah full force team ignite i'm not not i'm guys don't come after me i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying oh i feel like i should have kept quiet but that's what i haven't even competed with the cpa but i've heard and the thing is if four or five ten people are saying the same thing it can't be a lie yeah. Full fitness force. Oh, they have ties with the CPA or whatever. Mm-hmm. The athletes always place. Yeah. Team they, Ignite. I don't know. Some somewhere. of the athletes place because the thing is some are cl- the friends of the judges. Yeah. Yep. Another one is Ludacris. Team Ludacris. Yeah. I, I've oh, heard of that. Yeah. The, he gets a lot of girls and a lot of his girls place. I don't know Ludacris from anywhere. So mm-hmm. like guys, I'm just talking. I'm just literally talking as somebody who people have told me things or have witnessed things. Yeah. There's politics involved. And I yeah. believe... <sighs> So Leo's my friend. He's the president of the WMBF, but I don't know if I'll say there's politics with him. He didn't judge the show. So that's mm. the thing. Let's just be yeah. clear about that. He didn't judge the show, but is that politics? Hell yes, I like to believe so. Why? And the thing is, and this is, I mean, I could be wrong, but I also feel like in some of the Canadian shows, I mean, so, and I think this is coming from after seeing people at Worlds. So in world at Worlds, because um, the judges are different. Also, it's people from different countries. When I saw people that were big, like natural athletes with muscle, I'm like, oh, people like this exist. And I say that because. And they were natural? They're all natural. Yeah. They're all natural. Because some sometimes in the regional shows, the guys that I see placing the best are not the big guys. Mm-hmm. It's all the shredder guys. Yeah. Like, and there's not, and the thing too is, if you, like, if you think of what you just said, like in the, in the IFBBO versus natural versus enhanced, they want the big guys. So like the natural guys tend to be more conditioned. But sometimes if you're too conditioned as a natural athlete, you look like an emaciated dude. You Fair. look like a skinny dude with, you look like a like skinny dude with muscle, like strength. And the thing is, that's not bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is bodybuilding. You got to have more. Yes. You got to look jacked. Yeah. But then I found sometimes they don't like to, in the some of the regional shows, they tend to favor just more conditioned guys. Like, yeah. oh yeah, you're, you're very shredded. Let's give you the thing. Like, and, I could be biased because I'm talking about my experience from 2021, mm-hmm. but also in 2017, same thing happened. So there was a guy who was, he was better conditioned than me. Was I bigger than him? Yes. So it's my symmetry was better than him. Yes. Um, he was better conditioned than me. Okay. Give it to him. Mm-hmm. But at least even in 2017, I was okay with that. Why? There was at least, he at least, ha- at least had some size. Yeah. Okay. When he said had some size, like there wasn't that much of a size difference between both of us. In 2021, the guy who beat me was smaller than me. I was 50 pounds bigger than him. What? Even you think it's ridiculous. Imagine somebody 130 pounds beat me. Like I have, I have the video, man. Like it's one of those, I have the video. The guy's shaking on stage. He's shaking on stage. How can you shake on stage and get your pro card? Like he's, uh, he can't even hold a pose. Man. I'm like, dude, like it's, I don't understand. Like you're talking about back double biceps. I eclipsed the guy. Yeah. You're talking about legs. My his 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 leg is like as big as my arm. How is somebody <laughs> like that beating me? 
And the thing too, it's not like I was, I can show you the pictures. It's not like I was fat, but that's what the judges were saying. Mm-hmm. Now, my thing is if a dude is 30 pounds, 50 pounds smaller than me and he's shredded, he's supposed to be, if you're 130 pounds and you're fat, you don't belong on that stage. You yeah. better be peeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was 180 pounds shredded. Yeah. Not as shredded as him, mm-hmm. but I should have won. That's, and I'm, I know I'm being objective, but also I have watched bodybuilding for years. I'm actually, good thing. Oh, this is a perfect time. Um, I'm actually right now working towards being a WNBF judge. Really? Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. So hopefully I, I, I'm approved to be a judge soon. Why? So I can have some influence and actually start voting for people who I want to see win. So what does that entail? How does someone get into that position? Honestly, I have no idea. I just put in my application. Okay. Um, yep. And then I got contacted. You know, I have to uh, watch a show and I guess, you know, learn how to judge. I guess they'll walk me through it. So I'll be um, on, I'll be, I guess my first, we'll say coaching thing or learning thing would be in May. So there's a sh- the WNBF show in Edmonton that's happening in May. Um, the, the, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you know Larry's prepping for a show, but the show that Larry's prepping yes, for. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. So yeah. I'll be there as like maybe an interim judge. So like I'll be in the, you know, so there'll be the judges and I'll be sitting behind them, maybe with them and they'll be, you know, walking me through how to judge, I guess, or how it goes. So like that'll be my first opportunity to sort of know how to judge. And I'm excited for that because I, I don't like what happened to me in 2021 and I would hate for that to happen to another athlete. So at least if I, my point can help because I mean, there's like five or seven judges or whatever. So if my vote, maybe there's, you know, there were only two judges who thought I should have won. Then if there's a third judge who could have been there to help, that would have been dope, you know? So if I can be that judge, to help, you know, it's like, oh yeah, he he's not f- super shredded, but this guy has the physique. This, oh my god! So now I'm digressing a little, a little bit again. It's like this guy has the physique. This guy has a potential to actually do well. I had two athletes um in the last show in October last year. One of them was more peeled than the other. The other one was bigger, had beautiful shape, beautiful, uh, beautiful shape, beautiful proportions, beautiful symmetry, but he wasn't as lean. That guy placed higher than my other athlete who was more shredded. Really? Yeah. That's what messed up. Yeah. Because the year before I had shape, size, condition, I had everything and I got knocked. Really? Well, I put, I, um, yeah. a client of mine, he went to stage Yeah. and he placed like the guy that placed above him. I, if I remember correctly, didn't even have like visible abs, Stop stuff but he was height and width on this guy. And so it's like the opposite spectrum of yours. Like they went, like they they yeah. declined the conditioning part yeah. or whatever. And it was, and I'm just like, that was, and then I had another girl in that same show. And then she, like I said, she didn't have breast implants or anything. Ooh. And I was just like, I don't, that's when I really started disliking the stage, yeah. right? Oh because no, honestly, it's, there's always politics has been there for a while. Like, and it's actually funny you say that because, um, so like, even in that show, so when my class, like they were both my athletes, but I was kind of like, I would have had, like, if I was judging, I would have had number four, number three, and number three, number four. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love both of my athletes, but, like, dude, it's, it's, the conditioning was missing for one of them. Yeah, yeah, the size and everything, but, like, it has to, it has to be a nice balance. And the thing, too, is they were in the same weight class. So it's not even like one is a lot bigger than the other, like, in the same weight class. Yeah. So, like, if one is a little bit better, dude, like, you have to. But, dude, I was a lot bigger, a lot. It's just, I don't understand. And the thing, too, is, how they judge in 2020, 2020 uh, last year, they had judged in 2021, I would have got my pro card. But honestly, I'm not upset. It's just, I'm just kind of telling my story and telling mm-hmm. what happened and just showing that there's politics and like there's politics and there's also, we'll say objectivism or we'll say favoritism. Like some people don't care much about a large physique. And I'll say that because some judges don't 
care. They just yeah. And, and, and their see, mood. Yeah, it's their the, mood that and day. And some judges too. Um, I mean, I say some of them. They're not big. Yeah, like they're not big. So like, there's some judges where if they told me they 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 were they they compete, I'd be like, oh, it's not a knock on them, but it's yeah. like, you compete. Oh, okay, okay. Like, oh, you're a judge. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess if you can be a judge, you don't have to compete. But if you tell me a competitor, it's like you're really a competitor. Okay, but that's it. So. I think it's just, you know, what do they like? Maybe they don't want somebody so big or so muscular, but it's like, but then don't judge men's bodybuilding. Yeah. Go judge classic physique. Go judge mm-hmm. men's physique. Don't judge men's bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is about mass. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just, yeah. it's, it, I, I was confused because the way they judge in 2022, way better. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those, I'm like, okay, I actually know who's going to win in this show. Like, um, I remember I was sitting with one of the guys. I was like, oh, I bet you that girl's going to win. And she won. That guy's going to win. And he won. Mm-hmm. The judging made sense in 2022. In 2021. Just all over the place. <laughs> did you have a coach or you just do it all yourself? No. So I always did it by myself. Yeah. Um, for this one, I'm, uh, Leo's actually coaching me. He's my second eye. And part of the reason why I got a coach this year is because, I mean, I can coach myself. I'm actually doing my macros and everything. I'm, Leo's just my second eye because I really... I'm so committed to getting my pro card. Uh, and I guess I should backtrack a little. Every other time I competed, it was for fun. For fun, for fun. Just to, I just wanted, I knew I could pose. I knew I could win. So I just did it just for fun. I, it's not like, oh, I need to get this. But now I actually feel like, nah, man, like I want to get this pro card. I don't need it. I just want it. Like, it's kind of like, I know my potential. I know what I can do. I'm going to get it. Yeah. So now I'm actually uh, taking it more serious. I decided to hire a coach because one of the things that messes things up and um, well messes messes me up or that I stress about is how my look. So when I'm my own coach, I as I get leaner, I overthink. You're always your worst critic yeah, too. Yeah, because I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm too lean. Oh, I'm too fat. So sometimes I'll push the food up a little bit more, or I'll push the food down a little bit. So I'll 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 overtrain or over diet or I'll overeat, and it's like I don't want to have to do that as well too. Like I just want to have to do what i need to do and this time just like you know what leo just be my eyes yeah um you know let me know like am i doing good am i doing good and so far i'm doing good right now so like and that's the thing but i'm not also super when i get leaner and i start getting to the point where i want to start doubting myself and maybe i want to like um i want to you know get leaner leo be like no 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 i know you want to get leaner but you should probably uh you know have a cheat meal here or something yeah because honestly for me sometimes depending on how i feel or where i am i might not want to even mm-hmm. though i need to like i know i need to if i was coaching another athlete i'd be like yeah let's have a refeed today yeah but for me i'm like no nah. it's, it's me like it's me and i don't want that this time because if because i actually want to win this time if i don't win oh sorry if, yeah if i don't win and I know if I'd got a coach to, or somebody to look over me and just somebody to take that stress off, I would have won. Mm-hmm. I'd beat myself up. So yeah. I don't want to. So this time it's like, you know what? No, every other time I did it for fun. This time I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it for fun. So um, I want to win. And to make sure I win, I need to cover all bases, which means I coaches need yeah, coaches. I, I can't worry about my physique. So yeah. Especially yeah. in these extreme situations, whether it's like prepping for stage or like an yeah. extreme health complication, coaches need coaches. And I'm doing three shows this year too. Yeah, so really? Three show. yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I really, I already don't need the stress. I don't want yeah. the stress. So yeah, yeah, that's why I got him. So did you say you met your wife in 2018 or you got married in 2018? Oh, we got married in 2018. When did you meet her? Met her in 2014. Oh, so you've been together for quite a while then. Yeah. So how Cause now, cause you have two kids. Yeah. One, sorry. How old is the youngest again? Like uh, youngest five months. Yeah. Five just months. born. Yeah. And, and your other months. one's three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah. 
And so how like you're doing three shows, two kids, like how is all that affecting you? You got it, got it locked down. I mean, uh, what Leo competed like Leo competed yeah. at Worlds. Like he had a baby a month before, <laughs> two months before I stepped on Worlds, and I remember thinking, "You're crazy, man! How are you doing this?" But now I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing it." <laughs> like, yeah, fair. Yeah, it's it's honestly not that bad because the thing is, and I guess, like, yeah, it's it's really not that bad once you're in the swing of like the parenting and all that stuff. Like, you know, it's it's sim- it's similar thing day to day. So, um, yeah, I think it's. Because I'm, I'm already sort of, I'm used to like the children or everything. Right. I feel like as I get older, well, especially like the five month old, the baby, as he gets older, he gets some more independence. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, there there's less energy or what, it's kind of just easier to parent, you know? Yeah. Like, okay. Um, you can talk to them more when they're younger, they just demand so much attention and everything versus when they're older. Not as much. Like they still do, but it's kind of different. Like it's kind of like having a puppy versus having a dog. Like a puppy, you have to make sure they don't get into everything. You have to watch them because you know they can't protect themselves too. But when they're a dog, it's like if you fall on their stairs, that's your problem. You, know? <laughs> you should have known. You know, so you don't have to worry about like so many things. So like, and I'll say the three year old right now, he's. I mean, yeah, we, it's he's he's actually the toughest. I'll say he's the toughest because he's used to having so all the attention to himself. And having to share attention with his younger brother is challenging for him, but he's used to it now. So as long as he feels like he gets enough attention from both myself and Miranda, uh, that's my wife, then yeah, I feel like he's fine. So honestly, it's just, we just have to make sure we're just parenting the best we can. So like, you know, giving them both our time and and attention. And then the rest is just like, I'm just eating and like, yeah. So yeah, yeah, just eating and lifting. Cause I mean, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm lifting, I've been lifting anyways, I think because I've always, I'm always, I always work out. It's not like it's anything different for some people. They might take a little bit of time off or they're not very strict with their eating or not, they're not very consistent with their eating or their training. So now when prep comes, it's kind of like they have a lot of work to do. I've been training, I've been eating similar, like similar for a while. So um, it's, it's more just kind of a different switch in my mind. So it's kind of like, okay, you're going from like working off for fun to like, you're going to go, you know, train for a pro card this time. So. Yeah. I'm just making sure I don't miss meals or I don't miss workouts because before the, sometimes I'm like, I'll miss a workout. I'll do it later because, you know, I want to hang out with my family or I want to, um, or just I'm working on a project or something, you know, so I might skip a meal or whatever, but now it's like, if I skip a meal, that's, it's, I just, um, if anything, I'm just more consistent. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, I sort of feel more on more focused right now. Yeah. 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 So was Miranda into fitness when you guys met or? No, no, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Because and, and I say that because like people who see her now, like, oh, you should compete. Do you compete? Because they only see her now. But before Miranda was like a cardio bunny. All she did was run. Like, no, she really. Just, she was just a runner. She used to run like every day, seven days a week. And uh, when we met, like that's what she used to do. She like she had a I think it was a treadmill. She had a treadmill at the house. She'd run all the time. Well, okay, good. You do you. But uh, I like lifting weights. And as long as you don't have a problem with it, then we're good. Because before I'd actually had other girls in the past who had issues with me working out. Go figure. Like, it's funny because they like my muscles. They like my body. They're like, oh, yeah, I like your muscles, everything. But then working out, you work out too much. Oh, you're too big. Don't get too big. It's like, woman, what is too big? Like, yeah. I'm not doing this for you. Like, yeah. I've been doing this before I met you. And then you're going to come and tell me, don't get too big. 
Like, I always laugh when you know they, I mean? they say yeah. that. It's like, I've been trying to get too big. Right? Trust me. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. It's like me saying, hey, woman, don't grow your hair out that long. Bro. Don't, don't grow your hair, you know? Like, I met you was this short. Don't let it go. Like, I'm not going to tell a woman what to do with her hair. So why are you going to tell me what to do with my body? And especially, it's not like I'm taking gear or anything. So I never understood that. But girls- It's I probably insecurity. It was insecurities, man. Yeah. Like, so that's- so for me, as long as, so she didn't care that I worked out. So I'm like, okay, you don't care that I work out. You know, I'm going to keep doing this for a while. For a while. Good. Because I told her one thing. The gym was here before you. Mm. Let's just say it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to give it up just because you're in the picture. Yeah. So she understood that very well. And then I think after a year, about after a year dating me, she's like, you really do like working out. Like I was also working as a personal trainer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was also working as a personal trainer then at World Health. So she was like, oh, you know what? Like. You know, would you, can I come to the gym with you? I want to do a workout. And then we did like a leg workout. She couldn't walk for like a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, well, that was also back then when I, I my training was a little bit more intense. Fair, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, yeah. I, I used to go at it. Like, so, um, so I think she, so she probably was like a little bit scared because she was like, oh my God, I can't do this again. And then turned her couple, off right yeah, away. <laughs> so she was like, no, I, like, I don't know how he likes this. Then, um, we did another workout again. And then, um, she, so I kind of scaled, scaled it back a little bit for her. Like she was trying to keep up with me the first time. Then I think she learned her lessons. Like, you know, just kind of stayed at her own pace. And um, yeah, now it's like this. So about a year after we started dating, she started, well, she started working out maybe more consistently, consistently, but she'd work out with me. We'd work out like once or twice a week. So it'd be like Saturdays and Sunday. We'll do Saturdays and then we'll do yoga on Sundays. Then eventually we would just like, so we'd work out once or twice a week. And then um, eventually she actually learned how to train after, after about a year of that, she knew how to train. But then um, she kind of did her own thing for a while because, well, you know, she's a physiotherapist, so she knows it all. Now that oh, she is that what she is? Yeah, she's a okay. physio. So once I taught her to exercise, she's like, oh, I don't need you anymore. I can do everything. <laughs> and that's just me. <laughs> and I said that because she was like a little prideful. Like she, you know, because I mean, physios know a lot about the body, but like, dude, it doesn't matter. I know about exercise and movement. So like. I said, there's a difference between biomechanics and Thank anatomy. you. And, yeah. I feel so, and I feel like, I get it. They're smart, but it's like, come on, humble yourself. So <laughs> she didn't want to humble herself first. So she did her own thing. She'd get, you know, she'd be have aches and pains. She was tired all the time. And I was like, I'd tell, you know, cause she was working out hard. Like I remember when she was pregnant with, uh, with Rotimi, our firstborn. Like, What's dude, his name, sorry? Rotimi. Rotimi? Yeah. Where's that from? Oh, um, so th uh, that's from a language. So, okay. but yeah. Um, so when she was pregnant with him, I mean, she was working, I think, five or six days a week. And I remember telling her, like, I'm a personal trainer. I work out four days a week, maybe five, max, maybe five. I live in, I work in the gym and you're working out more than I, how are you working out five, six days a week and you're pregnant? And it's like, she, you know, there's sometimes she'd be in the gym and she's like, I don't want to be here. She looks miserable. I'm like, then why are you here? Yeah. And I'd like, go home. And my clients would be like, oh, look, your wife is here. Oh, she's so strong. I'm like, stop telling her that she needs to go home. This woman needs to rest. Like, stop. Oh, so many people like, oh, your wife is so strong. Oh, look at her. She's pregnant. She's I'm like, stop encouraging her. Mm. She's crazy. She needs to go home. She needs to rest. After she had the baby, she was like, babe. So I realized that like, maybe I don't have the best relationship with exercise and like, I just want to get better with it. Like, I don't want to be, you yeah, know, you like, she, 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 yeah, so she wanted to like, she didn't want to stress her body out because yeah. she realized that, you know, it's kind of a, a light kicked in and I think she realized like, okay, now I'm, I'm a mom. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if I can work out five, six days a week and be a mom, but like, I need to do something about my fitness, but I don't know what to do. I can't work out five, six days a week. I can't do what I was doing before. Yeah. Okay, let me actually talk to my husband who knows what he's doing <laughs> and is a professional and I should have listened to him in the first place. <laughs> so she actually, yeah, and the thing too is like ever since she actually started taking guidance from me, so in 2020, her physique changed. Like 
I mean, I can show you pictures of what a fusée looked like before versus from 2020 to 2023, different story. Like in three mm-hmm. years, oh man, like her posture even improved. Like her photos used to be rounded because mm-hmm. the thing is she wasn't letting me help her before. Mm-hmm. But once she started letting me help her, she actually got the results. Yeah. Like she works on me three days a week now. And like yeah. the people are like, oh my God, you're, kill- you're a killer. It's like, and she always say, yeah, that's because of my husband. And I'm like, finally, <laughs> listen, yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'll say like, She's just just a little bit of guidance for the past three years, and like she's made huge changes. Um, she has a better uh, a better relationship with exercise and nutrition now. Like she doesn't beat her body up anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like honestly, that's something I think a lot of women um, can learn because I feel like sometimes you know I, I mean I'm just I'm talking about women because I'm talking about my wife right now, but they go too hard on the too hard on themselves. And I think they just need to take a step back and breathe and like, you know, trust your trainer, trust your coach, listen to what they're saying. Like they have your best interests at heart. They love you. They want to see you succeed. So just listen to them. If you have a coach, if you have a trainer, stop trying to do more or stop trying to eat less. Like if they tell you to eat more carbs, eat more carbs. Don't be scared of carbs. You know, that's part of your problem, you know? And if they say, you know, take one or two rest days, take one or two rest days. Cause I think Mm -hmm. sometimes they're like, well, if I'm working out five days a week and I haven't lost this much weight, if I stop working out more i'll gain more weight that's what they think but it's like nah that's inflammation once you take once you actually you know give your body a break you lose a couple pounds because your body's no longer inflamed you look leaner all that stuff you Mm -hmm. have the results you want but she didn't but she had to sort of experience a lot of i guess discomfort and uh, dissatisfaction with you know what she was currently doing for her to be like you know what let me just humble myself and ask this guy for help because like i said you know once i taught her to exercise and move her body she thought because of her physical background she knew it all so she had to come back to a place of like, yeah, I don't really know it all. I know how to use my body, but I don't understand programming. I don't understand, you yeah. know, rest day structure, all that stuff. And that's where um, what I do comes into play. And yeah, so now when people see her and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, she looks great. She looks great. She's, if anything, it sort of um, helps her trust me more. So yeah. I think that's a good thing. So, well, it's probably that dynamic because you see a lot with relationships. Like the significant other doesn't want to listen, right? And yeah. I, I'm not—I don't know the psyche behind that of why. Women, um, women are just women. Let's just say that. <laughs> I think men. I think some men do it too. <laughs> some guys do. It I think too, some yeah. men do it too. But yeah, because like I've experienced that a lot too as a coach. But for me, like that's the same thing. I think of like I'm thinking of their health. Yeah. Right. And it's just like when they have like sleeping issues and everything, and then they find out they work five, six times a week. And then you're like, okay, well, if you kind of backed off, but I think the biggest obstacle that I run into, like with, especially with females is they're stressed. So they say exercise is my outlet for stress. I say, well, what do you think is making the poor management of that stress? It's that exercise. Yep. Yep. Right. And then you said it yourself, you just have to like, I call it, let them fall on their face. Yeah, is yeah. what I call it. Oh yeah, like I mean, same thing. With, like I just I remember there's once, um, like when she was pregnant, I was like, you know what? If you want to go to the gym, go to the gym. But like, if you, if you don't feel like it, don't tell me. That's the thing. So like, because I will tell you what to do. I think you should take a break. So I think it's one of those when she felt like, okay, you know what? Not so much that I was mad at her or whatever. Like she felt like she couldn't. <laughs> Though, uh, what do you call it? There was nobody to help her. That she was like, okay, you know what? If I can do this by myself, like I, the only, the only way this guy is going to sort of help me is if I listen to him. So like, yeah, I guess let it, like let her fall flat. But like, just let her realize, you know what? 
um, what she's doing is not working. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, but the thing is, I guess for me, because she was pregnant, like I didn't want her to get to that place. Cause I'm like, yo, she's carrying my baby. Like stop, take care of yourself. So that's where I was coming from. Um, we had a few fights and disagreements over it, but like, I think eventually like the a month before the baby was born, like she couldn't work. I just told her, stop. Like, if you don't like, why are you doing this? And then, um, yeah, then when COVID happened and everything, the world was closed down, went and got some kettlebells, um, at home and, you know, I guess it was, she could see how I was still maintaining my health and fitness. And I was like, you don't have, you don't need any, you don't have to be in the gym five, six days a week. When she actually saw that I was practicing what I preach. Yeah. Started asking for help. So yeah, <laughs> that's, ex that's exactly it. Just no talking, just do the work. And then people are going to see that. And then they'll eventually follow suit with that. What's yeah. your youngest name? Uh, Keon. Keon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where are your parents in all of this? How do they feel about what you do for a living in the competing and whatnot? Uh, and that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, how do my parents feel? Um, honestly, when it comes to that, a part of me almost doesn't really care when it, how they feel. And it's not like a disrespectful thing. It's just more one of those. At a certain point, I realized I was doing a lot to please my parents. And like this, I, it's like they've lived their lives. I can't live my life to like please them or do stuff that doesn't uh that that makes them uncomfortable and i'll say that because like my parents are pretty conservative me competing as a bodybuilder is not something it's not something they're ashamed about but it's not something that i'm super proud about like they'll tell their friends oh yeah my son competes as a bodybuilder but it's not like you know they have pictures of me like i feel like some parents are like oh yeah look, this is my son you know like accomplishments and like they're super proud you no know, my parents is just like oh he works out like that's all he does so they were never really i never saw them as like supporters also didn't see them as like you know discouragers like i didn't see them as supporter i just saw them as like oh they're like well that's what he does he lets weights let him do his thing but um how do they feel about it i feel like my dad is sort of like do they come to the shows and stuff no i don't think they ever will honestly yeah. i don't think it's a thing um does that bother you no in the, in the past it did and uh, it did when i first started but then that's the thing i realized that like it bothered me because i was seeking the validation and once i realize i'm like i'm actually doing this for me not for them I'm like ah, this is, that's okay they don't they don't need to like my mm -hmm. uh, my children will go because i feel like because rotimi loves it like last year in the um in the WNBA show he was there with me he met some of the bodybuilders took some pictures with him like he actually went on stage to pose with the with the kids <laughs> really he has, he, has, he has his own medal now like <laughs> he loves it like he's he was um actually he saw me do a lot of my posing practice i did a lot of my posing practice at home so he's he knows a front double bicep he knows a back double bicep he knows a side chest like he knows how to flex he knows how to pose so i feel like you know um my family supports me um and honestly that's all i need like yeah my mom i mean when i showed her some of the pictures from my, my body she's like oh that's you oh like oh you look so like all the veins and the muscles you look like a wrestler like, that's cool. like <laughs> that's doesn't look man. like you she's 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 gross about like muscles she's like yeah and she's like you look like because in, in the one picture i'm doing the most muscular I had my hands like in front and like you, you, uh, you it almost looks like i'm not wearing anything yeah, yeah you look naked block. oh that's so weird like i can't look at this like so my mom just gets all like weirded out or whatever and like gets uncomfortable like he's just like oh i see my son half naked and everything it just makes her uncomfortable because like they're really conservative but no they don't they don't um like they're not discouraged it's i think it's just hard for them to like come to terms with or be okay with it. like why would he just take his clothes off and do that in front of people like they just don't understand it but it's like yeah they're looking at it from their perspective instead of being like you know what it makes him happy mm-hmm yeah and so that's the thing it's one of the it's, it's just i don't know if it's a generational thing or whatever but like that's how my parents are and like i'm okay with it like i love them regardless they don't have to like 
they don't have to like what I do, but um, are they okay with it? Yeah. And that, yeah. I think that's sort of it. Like they're okay with it. Uh, they're not ashamed. Uh, they don't discourage me. Like they don't say, oh, don't do this. So like, yeah, it's just, it's a weird for them, I think, to just see a lot of half naked people. Like, cause I mean, I'll show my mom pictures. Um, even from like the last show, I'll show my mom pictures from us, uh, from my athletes. And uh, one of my athletes is actually her, her friend's son. So she was like, yeah, I know you're training Paul. What is that? Show the pictures. I'm like, look, this is Paul. And she's looking like, oh, he, he looks like you too. Oh, look at the muscles. <laughs> I, like, oh, my mom gets over. She's like, oh, I didn't know he was so, like, he, he has muscles like this. Like, oh, I didn't know Paul was so big. You know, she just gets so weirded out about, like, the muscles. I'm like, you know, wearing skimpy clothing and all that stuff. But... Yeah, like I think that's it's it's almost too much for her. It's like overwhelmed. Yeah. It's like too much skin for her. So like that's sort of it. Versus my dad, my I don't think my dad cares about bodybuilding or pat. It's just kind of like neutral. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's more of like a how how do my dad is a he's an interesting person. Like how do he's an interesting person. He doesn't care much about like physiques or aesthetics. It's like okay, yeah, you're doing you. You're happy. Good for you. Like that's sort of it. Like as long as I'm happy. So that's happy. his way of supporting. Yeah. yeah. Like dad's like you. If you're happy. You're doing you. You have fun. Good. Yeah. My versus mom is like, uh, oh yeah, I'd like to come and watch. I just don't know. Like yeah, that's the thing. She wants to, but like she, she just she can't be okay with this. So I'm like, don't, don't. Yeah, don't because I don't mm. want you to come. I don't want you to come like feel like you have to come versus my siblings. I don't know about my brother. If you'll want to watch a show. How um, many siblings do you have? Well, just two brother and sister. Okay. But yeah. my sister wants to watch me compete. How old and, are they? Um, my brother's 31. Okay. And wait, 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 hold up. Yeah. He's 31 and my sister is 29. Jesus. Oh, so you're relatively close. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. 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 So what's it like being the oldest? <laughs> it's like being the third parent. <laughs> well, it was like being the third parent. Um, yeah. Now, being the oldest, man, I just felt like there was a lot of... I felt like I had to be the rebel. Okay. Like, well, I felt like, yeah, no, yeah, I had to be the rebel one as a teenager, like 17 or so, because, you know, um, being an immigrant, so coming from Botswana to here, you know, I wanted to make friends. I wanted to, like, I wanted to make friends. I wanted to, like, you know, hang out with people, do what everyone else does. And I know my parents are like, well, why are you going out late? It's like, because that's what people here do. Because back home, um, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. is black. Like, it's dark, dark. We sit here in the summer. Oh, dude, 10 p.m., it looks like this. So, mm -hmm. ba yeah, so back home, it's like, you going outside at 8 p.m.? Like, what are you doing outside at 8 p.m.? Really? Like, it's, it's, it's as black as this bottle, so there's no street lights or whatever. It's very unsafe, you know? And, like, um, you could get mugged, you know? You could, so it's one of those, for my parents, it's like, why are you going out in the middle of the night? Like, it's that's how they grew up. I mean, yeah. so for, you know, the 40s, 50s, all of a sudden, it's like, um, you know... Oh. This is, why is this thing let me turn off yeah so for them i mean they spent most of their life you know after 7 p.m they're indoors you know because it's like or if you're going outdoors it's for purpose you're going to get something do whatever or you're going to an event in a building versus oh yeah i'm going to a bush party where it's in the woods what are you doing in the woods I tell, you know my parents are like for them you know they're thinking they're using the african brain and they come to canada and it's like so they didn't understand. So there was this thing where there was a little bit of um, friction, probably when I was 16, 17, 18, because like I was exploring my freedom. And for them, the, they didn't understand because they're like, well, why does this child want to do this? Why can't you just stay home? It's like, because mom, I want to make friends. I want to have friends. So there was a little bit of a rebellious, well, what they termed a rebellious phase there. Um, and yeah, for me, I just felt like they weren't listening to me because I wanted to make friends. I wanted to have a life. And rather than ask more questions, like, well, why do you want to do this? Like, who are you? they were just like, well, for them, it's like, it's too late. It's like, well, is it too late for you or too late for me? Yeah. 
you know, I'm not going to sleep anytime. And I, and I remember telling them, like, if I stay home, I'm just watching TV anyway. So, like, I'm still going to be up. So, instead of being up, let me hang out with my friends. Well, no, when you're this home. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a little bit of that. So, I feel like that's, that was it, being the firstborn. I felt like, you know, I had to fight my, you know, kind of, like, fight my way. Or, like, no, pave the way for them. Because when my brother, I remember my brother, when, when he turned 18 and he wanted to go out. Hey, mom, dad, I'm going out to a party. I'm like, okay, have fun. What? <laughs> are you serious right now like because yeah. when i went to go out, oh where are you going who are you going with what time are you going to be back you, oh, there's so many questions and sometimes they would even say no like my mom, well, I say, when i say they mostly mom my mom yeah. like no if like dad was so chill i was like yeah just do what you like my dad was so chill so sometimes i'd ask my dad and then like if i and then and this, i actually learned this like found out like later um because so i asked my mom my mom said no to go ask dad dad said yes so they ended up having like a little bit of a fight oh, okay. yeah because like my, cause then my mom, uh, cause then uh, what do you call it? Like my dad was like, oh, you know, why did you do that to me? Like you'd already asked your mom. Your mom said no. Oh, so like, you went behind each other. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, but I was like, well, because you're the man of the house. It's your house, not hers. So like, I, I want you. Like mom always says no, but you said yes. And it's like, yeah, but you know, we're a team. If your mom says no, don't come and ask me. So I'd always just go ask dad. And sometimes my dad was like, what'd your mom say? I'm like, I didn't ask mom. And I go ask mom. Like, I'm asking you, like. Because I know if I ask you, you're going to say yes. If I ask mom, I don't know what I'm going to get. Yeah. So that was it being a first child, of being the firstborn versus, I feel like with my siblings, it was more, I don't think they heard no. They might think they heard no a lot, but I heard no a lot more. Like yeah. my brother, because when my brother was 18, I mean, it's weird it's just seeing them let him go out okay, like without a lot of questioning. And I think that's because after we had the issues after all the question everything they realized you know what it's okay like that's just something they do like because i mean at some point uh, when i was 18 or what after a while they did let me go out and everything and i think they were okay with it they actually started trusting me because i mean after two years of like trying to like get my way they're like you know what he's in university now we have to trust him we have to yeah. like so when they finally started trusting me i think they were like oh when my brother wanted to do it they're like oh i guess it's just a norm now so it was okay for them like it's okay versus before I was like, why are you trying to do this? So yeah, that was that's how I feel being the the the, the firstborn. I just felt like I had to carry the mantle of leadership, you know, like remember hearing stuff like, oh, you know, your siblings are watching you. And it's like, well, they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. And I say that because it's like, I'm not their parent. Yeah. But my mom will say stuff like, oh, your siblings are watching you. And it's like, but they should be able to think for themselves. You're raising all three of us. So like mm-hmm. I can think for myself, they should be able to think for themselves. If they think I'm gonna do what Nate does, maybe you guys didn't know, aren't doing a good job. I mean, I didn't say it like that, but it's like just trying to let my mom know, like, hey, you know what? Stop trying to guilt trip me, like you know, saying, oh, your siblings are watching you. Don't do this. It's like they can think for themselves. Like I'm doing this because I want to, yeah, not because oh, I'm trying to be disrespectful to you or trying to give them ideas. No, like if Ben wants to do this, that's his problem. But mm-hmm. like. I shouldn't feel I shouldn't be able I shouldn't feel like I'm not allowed to do this because you want you don't you don't want my brother to do it and I felt like that's a little bit of how I was being the the firstborn so some good parts but also some not so good parts like yeah yeah it's always the middle child that has it the best it's funny you say that my my middle brother would have probably felt like no not really because he, he his two boys well no so I, I think it's because he didn't really feel like he belonged because like my sister and I. You sort of understood each other. Um, my brother didn't really... He, he was, let's just say he was a little slower. He had middle child syndrome. So I felt like he didn't really get things sometimes. Okay. Like um, he didn't understand our personality sometimes. Like my sister and I were very similar. Um, my brother and I were not very similar. So it's 
we actually fought a lot as children. And the older we got, uh, the older we got, the better our relationship is. Like I'd say, I probably started becoming friends with my brother. It's weird saying that. I'm friends with my brother when he turned 17. Yeah. Because like okay. before then, he just annoyed me. <laughs> like annoyed me. Then when he was 17, it's like he started maturing and like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, we were actually able to be friends. So um, yeah, I'd say that was it. Like, I was like my mother and I, we didn't really get along until after I moved out. Yeah. Like I never got along with her ever really. That's and crazy. And then we moved out. Then we finally started to like create a friendship or whatever. Interesting. Until then, and my sister and I have never we've she's older yeah oh, okay, okay and okay. like all we did was fought like she's my half sister i don't know okay, if maybe okay. that played into it maybe and then with my parents rivalry. divorced yeah like, sibling rivalry man it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. it was not good and so i don't like if i'm being really honest like i don't ever recall a good moment with my sister interesting I don't. and i'm not like bashing her oh, yeah, yeah. it's just that was our childhood like i do not all i ever recall was fighting yeah and like physical abuse and everything like i do not ever recall a good That's moment it. with my sister ah see my brother now we fought a lot but we also had a lot of i mean we had good moments it's yeah. just there was just a lot more of us fighting and not getting along and i think part of it was like i had to be responsible for my brother because we went to the same because we we're 18 months apart so we always went to the same school and like yeah it's it sucked for me because um i felt like i was i always had to play my brother's keeper i mean to the point that like even when we moved uh when we moved out or whatever so he was my roommate as well too my mom would come Oh, how you doing? How's your brother doing? Hey, mom, you called me to, t- to ask how I'm doing. If you want to know how Ben is, call Ben. Like, why Why are you calling me to ask how Ben's doing? Oh, because well, you, he's your brother. You should know. And this was, man, I think I was, I think it was after I got married that I had to tell my parents, you do realize, guys, I'm married. I don't live with him. You got to stop asking me about this guy. Does he not call them lots or? No, honestly, he probably has the best relationship with my parents. Mm. My brother has the best relationship with my parents. But, and as in today, but I think back then, I was just the thing is because I was always responsible for my brother. I think literally they didn't see it as like, oh, you know what? We're always asking Nate how Ben is doing. Like they didn't see it. to them it's just normal because well, he goes to the same school as uh, they go to the same school, so he'll know. He'll know how his brother's doing. We had different grades, mom. We have different friends, but like maybe they want you like a spy. Some <laughs> honestly, that's it because my brother was like a troublesome child. So like, yeah, okay. I think my parents just wanted to like know that you know somebody's keeping tabs on him and it's like but that's not my responsibility but mm-hmm. that was the responsibility that was forced on me well i'll say forced on me i don't know if that's the right choice of words but that's the relationship that's the responsibility that was put on me um but my parents mostly mom when i say parents i'm saying mostly mom my, <laughs> i'm just gonna say that right now my dad is cool mostly mom so like you know mom was worried about ben so but if Nate's watching Ben, then she doesn't have to worry about Ben. That's sort of how she, I, I like to, I mean, now that I'm a parent, I like to think that's how she saw it. Oh, I know Ben is always, cause like I said, my brother was a little bit slow to understand things. Like I'll tell him, Hey Ben, this is pissing me off. Stop it. You'll hear what I'm saying, but I don't know if it'll clue in like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm actually annoying my brother right now. Cause then I feel like he would do it again and push my buttons. And like, then when I snap, but oh, there you go. See, you always get mad all the time. And it's like, dude, I literally just told you this is annoying me. Yeah. So if you do it again and I snap, why are you surprised? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you surprised? That's just my brother. I feel like he was a little different. So um, that's how he was growing up. So I we didn't get along a lot. And I think, you know, it's, yeah. It, and also I think because my mom knew he was kind of, we'll say different. She wanted to make sure he was fine. He wasn't getting in trouble and like, so I was like the spy, like you said, just kind of watch him. Oh, you know, make sure your brother's fine. Like literally your brother's keeper. I was like my brother's keeper. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, those, 
I'll say I've made peace with it now, but there's a point like when I had my first son, remember all these feelings came out. I hated him. I, remember, I kind of resented them for a little bit. I actually got Your mad. Your parents? Oh yeah, I told them I got mad. Like, you guys, oh, what did I say? I think I got mad. They're like, so surprised. I was like, you know what? Like, you guys just, I was a third parent. All I had to do was watch after Ben and Barbara. And they're like, where is this coming from? Like, it's a privilege for you to be an older brother. I'm like, yes, to be a brother, not a parent. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be his brother, not his parent. Like, I'm not supposed to be, he's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you're the firstborn. Yeah, but like, you know, it's, I'm, I want to be, I, it's, it's one of those, I felt like I wanted to choose like I should have to choose. You know what? This is my brother. I look after him, and if I don't want to look after him, that's fine. Why? I'm not his parents. It's not my responsibility. But then they made it. When I say they, once again, it's a like, cultural thing. It's a cultural, huge yeah. cultural thing. Huge cultural thing. Yeah, because if I recall, I don't think my sister ever like yeah. maybe like you know make sure he gets to school or something like that. Oh, dude, but I had I to wake recall. up my brother. Mom was like, "Go wake up your brother. Make sure your brother's awake." Like when I say I was responsible for my brother, I felt like and. It, it's in the in hindsight it's one of those things well is it good or bad i don't know it taught me leadership it taught me a whole bunch of things but like probably could have learned those other lessons you know through other things because i feel like naturally i'd like to say maybe i'm a natural born leader but also was it because i had to parent third parent my my younger brother who knows yeah right? like who really knows so um yeah that's just it's, it's, it's one of those things but yeah, being a parent, I mean, being the firstborn, uh, say the oldest, I'll give you one pro, at least culturally, um, there's a lot more honor and respect given. So like my parents respect and honor me a lot more than I'll say my other siblings, like, uh, especially now that I have my own family, have my own children, yeah. like my parents sort of see me as equals now. And like okay. my brother's married, he's got his own wife, but I feel like there's this thing where like my parents, when they talk about, it's almost like, you know. Like, it's almost like I'm, I'm like my dad, almost. It's kind of like my, if, if my brother was to talk disrespectful to me, my mom would be like, hey, stop that. That's your big brother, you know? So like, okay, now, yeah. and yeah, and I mean, there's always been a little bit of that for the most part, but it's more exaggerated or not exactly, it's more, it's more present now because it's like, hey, you know what? Your brother is like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm here now. So it's kind of like, you know, don't, don't mess with him. And uh, we've also had a few talks, my um, just a few talks about, um, you know, just upbringing things I didn't like about them. I had a heart to heart with my parents last year in May, just hashed out a whole lot of things, things I wasn't quite happy about that they did. Um, things, you know, I mean, I, I, I told, I forgave them everything, but it's like, I just, we needed to let them know, like, I don't like a lot of things you guys did. I didn't like a lot of things, uh, way, uh, things turned out, uh, turned out and, um, it helped us kind of build a better relationship. So they really respect me now because it's like, I mean, my, my dad was saying for me to actually talk to him, for me to, you know, talk, uh, bring up that kind of thing and like have the wisdom to, you know, have that conversation with him. He really respects me hundred percent. And like my mom was crying and like apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I did this to you. I didn't know this, how you felt, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I will hash it out. Like everyone talked about it, the fact that like oh, a little bit about the body, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? I know you don't really like body with mom, but like, could you at least... Not like, you know, at least show a little bit of interest when I say, hey, I'm doing a show. Can you at least yeah. ask, oh, where's your show? Because before she was like, oh, okay. Like she never used to ask. And like, that's one of the, th- that was one of the things that used to bother me because it's like, if my brother was doing something, like, oh, what, what are you good? Because my brother's like very gifted and like music, all that stuff. Okay. So like he'll go DJ. Like, oh, you're DJing at this wedding. Like she'll know who's DJing for. She'll know them. Like she'll know everything. And I'm like, well, I'm doing a bodybuilding show. You don't give a crap. So like. For me, that really messed with me because I'm like, well, you only care about Ben and his thing. But like for me, when I'm doing a bodybuilding show, you're like, you don't care. So like, you know, having that talk with them, 
Um, I get really, that with my grandparents. Yeah. They don't have any interest in what I do. And it's like, like my extreme passion. Yeah. Oh. And so like when you, you know, you go for family dinners and everybody's talking about their jobs and what they're doing. And I don't get asked at all what I do, but I think it's that older generation, like you mentioned, where they yeah. just kind of don't, don't, I don't know that they don't believe in it because they've seen the proof that I've provided, yeah. but they don't understand it, but they don't want to understand it. And it, it, it hurts. It really does. But, Interesting. you know, you get stronger the more you get hurt. So eventually yeah. you kind of just get over it. Yeah. And, and when you say, wow. Because with Miranda's parents, they don't, I mean, I feel like they know that I'm a trainer, but like it's when, uh, when I go to the family, when I go to the house and we have like family dinners or whatever, I would chat, like they don't ask what I do. They don't, they, <laughs> like they never bring up my, like my mm-hmm. profession. And like, I'm, I'm okay with it now because I don't know how they feel about my, my, my profession. And I don't really, the problem is like, I don't know if I care or want to know, because if it's negative, I'm like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. You fair. know, so it's like, cause mm-hmm. if you, cause I feel like if you, if you interested, you'll show, you'll show with your interest, you'll ask questions. Yeah. If you're not asking questions, then maybe you don't care. So like, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I want, so I'll tell you a story that happened to me in terms of that. Um, I was my grandmother's birthday and there was all the family got together at a restaurant in Red Deer. Okay. And like, so obviously we had one of those huge tables yeah. taken up and I, that was, I was prepping but not for stage that's when i had got down a single digit body fat percentage okay 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 and i was about two weeks away from being done to being what we thought was about five or six percent body fat and so i was like well i'll have steak i'll have steak and vegetables whatever right and um like i got into one of those zones where you're just you talk super fast and you're like very vibrant because you're excited about what you're talking about and my grandpa was like one second i was like what and he's like he looks around he's like is anybody else even listening and started laughing yeah and it i ate over a hundred thousand calories of sweets in one week i put on 22 pounds that's rough man yeah it triggered me hard i went to therapy and everything for it and like to hypnotherapy and whatnot and and so from that moment on i just i was like i don't ever want to go through that again and you know at the end of the day it was like we were talking about with miranda she saw you practice what you preach so instead of talking about it just do it and one day they will accept it and they are getting there yeah yeah, they they are are. getting there and like i will share because i'll get uh like so recently i got accepted to more practitioner things okay and so i'll send them those emails and i'll get nice text messages yeah, yeah, yeah so they're really coming along but when we go for family dinners what is my sister doing what's my brother yeah. like my brother-in-law's got an mma fight tomorrow that we're all gonna go to oh and they're all like, talking about this and everything and like for you it's like nah <laughs> yeah, yeah just, we don't really oh that's all yeah. you know and like I, i'm just like okay like i'm i'm proud of him and i'm going to support him and everything but yeah. it's just like it's an mma fight i'm like saving lives here you know what i mean <laughs> like, I, I, I know exactly what you mean i don't know why it's still like why it's still somewhat i don't know if it's like the generation or whatever but it's like some people have a very weird thing about personal training or like fitness coaching but it's like a lot of people don't know how to take care of their bodies and what we do is so important and like mm-hmm. man it's 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 crazy yeah it's i, I just i it blows my mind how people like maybe i don't know like maybe let me ask you a question do you think maybe they think, well, it's one of those, um, now that it's, it's an insecurity thing because it's one of those, you know how to take care of yourself and your health. And like so some people are, it's, and like, it's the two things I think. Yeah. It's the fear of the unknown yeah. and, but they choose not to understand that. But another thing I was actually talking about recently with a podcast guest was everyone does it because it looks like a cushy job. And so then you talk about like how you used to work at World Health. Like, mm, I don't know about World Health, but Good Life, yeah. it was a three day weekend course yeah. that a yeah. five-year-old could pass. Yeah. 
And then you were a personal trainer. That's true, actually. And because everybody sees it and they think, oh, what a cushy job. I just get to stand there and tell people what to do and make money. Right. And then you get a boatload of them. And I think maybe that's where they're coming from, too. But as well, also, when did personal training really come into play? Because my grandpa is 80 something. I really don't think there was personal trainers when he was 20, 30. Yeah, that's actually true. And, And the thing is, too, so. I was uh, in a course the other day and the guy was like, thankfully, when I was into junk food, this is what he was saying, there w- it was not as bad with all the GMOs and pesticides. Oh, okay, and okay, yeah. So when you try to tell your grandparents that, hey, look, this isn't good for you. Well, back when they were 20, it was fine for them yeah. because it wasn't saturated with chemicals and yeah. everything. So I think there's a lot of avenues coming into play. But I think the biggest thing is the fear of the unknown yeah. and just not wanting to understand. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. It's, it's, it bogs my mind because I'm like, why would you want to understand? Like. This is something that could transform your life. Like, why? It's kind of like if I knew somebody that like was making a million dollars and knew how to help people become millionaires, and I was gonna ask, "Hey, man, you know, like, hey, do you have any tips about like investing?" I'll be picking their brains, you know. And it's like, here you are, fitness professional. You can transform their life, and like, I'm not gonna ask him anything. Like, you know, some, you want to know something crazy? Mind. So. Not trying to sound like showboy or anything, but I was featured on the news for helping save a man's life from terminal prostate cancer. They gave him eight months to live. He's on, I think, six plus years now or something is what he's on. My grandpa has prostate cancer. Never thought once to reach out to me. Never thought once. Like, and so I have the living proof of working with that and never thought once to reach out to me. Well, um, this is interesting. My father-in-law, I I trained my father-in-law. We worked together like online coaching for about 10 months. Like, as far as I'm concerned today, not I haven't heard anything. I was even telling my wife the other day. I was like, oh, I haven't heard your dad complain about any like any aches or pains. Like, no aches, no pains. Like before, it's like, oh, you know, he'd clean the garage. Oh, I have this pain in my back with my wife's face. It's like, oh, can I help me with my back? Can I help me with my knees? It's always aches and pains. I haven't heard Alex complain about anything in like two years. No aches and pains. And then there's my dad, who I've been doing this for how many years? Dad will not ask me for help for what's... My dad's a pharmacist. So it's one of those, I don't... I don't, I really don't understand. It's There's like probably I, that headbutt there though, with being a pharmacist versus yeah. like the, we'll call it, let's say functional, like holistic type health. There's probably that headbutt there. Yeah. And I, I think that's the older generation too. I don't get Cause my thing is like, you know, I, I think I've told that I'm in preventative medicine. You're in kind of like manage it now, slap a bandaid on. But the thing is like, you can combine the two together. And, that's yeah. like, and my thing too is, uh, I mean, and I think for where, for me, where it sort of blows my mind is, you know, seeing, seeing how, um, active and fit and strong my father-in-law is versus my dad. They're the same age, six months apart. There's six months difference between them. But it's like, my dad is looks like an old, well not, behaves like an old man compared to like my father-in-law because it's like, you know, he went from having aches and pains and everything, limited mobility to like, he's lost weight. He looks healthy. Like, he can eat whatever he want and doesn't gain weight now. Actually, that's one of the things that my uh, mother, mom-in-law complains about. Oh, he, he's eating on snack all the time. It's like, let him do it. Because he worked hard. Because, I mean, she, it's one of those, I'd love to work with her as well, too. But she's not ready to work with me. That's okay. She'll come yeah. in her own time. So I think that's the thing, you know, like, because before he used to be so. This is the father-in-law you're still yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, my father-in-law. So I guess before he used to watch his, I mean, he was more, not that he didn't snack a lot, but it's like. Maybe he was more conscious of what he ate, but like mm-hmm. now because he understands his body well, he's dropped some body fat, put on some muscle, his metabolism is a little bit different. Like he feels younger. Mm-hmm. So now he can snack more because, you know, uh, uh, what do you call his, um, I mean, you understand like your metabolism is yeah. improved. So 
but she doesn't understand because mm-hmm. she hasn't worked with me yet. So like, she's like, oh, you can eat. So she gets upset when he's snacking and everything. It's like, maybe if you work with me, yeah. you'll be able to snack more. But that's- Here's the thing. Yeah. No one has any idea what you do unless they work with you. Mm. And even if they work with you, yeah. you're not going to treat everybody the same. Nope. And I don't mean that in emotion. I'm talking about like the protocols and the plans and Everyone's everything. different. And so like, people have no idea what you do until they work, they work with, you. with yeah. you. Yeah. So- and yeah, that's just it. So it's like hearing that, it's like, oh man, that's kind of crazy how, because I mean, your grandpa could ask you for help. My dad could ask me for help, but they're not going to. And like, the thing is, I'm okay with it. There was a point where I- There's I, probably some pride there though, being father, son. Well, I yeah, I think so. But a part of me is also like, I don't, I mean, I, 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 I do get it, but it's also like, I mean, it's one of those, I, I think for me, where I'm coming from is- like if my son was able to do something and able to help me, I would want him to help me. But that's also the relationship I have with my son. But also, I don't know if it's a cultural thing for my dad, right? Because maybe, okay. and I say that because, you know, culturally, it's one of those, you know, parents are here, children are there. Mm-hmm. So like, even though my parents, once again, like I said, they see me as kind of like an equal or whatever, because, you know, of the conversations I've had with them and just like how um, things have shaped up. I still think maybe there's like a little bit of that cultural thing where it's like, okay, you know what? Um... I, I, I don't know if it's maybe asking for help or like, you know, submitting to knowing that, you know what, I don't know everything and somebody knows something or somebody can help me better. I don't know what it is, but I want to think maybe it's like a cultural thing because, and I say that because even with their friends, I don't see, I don't see or can't think of a lot of their friends asking the children for help if they have a solution. I feel like they're more likely to hire somebody outside or ask, talk to one of their peers. So like, my dad's more likely to talk to maybe one of his peers, maybe a doctor, be like, oh, you know what? Uh, it's one of his, because I mean, he's a pharmacist, so he could have a doctor friend who's like, oh, I have this program or whatever. Or take, he's more likely to take advice from somebody closer to his age yeah, or mm-hmm. maybe in his field than like his son. And I yeah. think it's like a cultural thing. So, um, but I've learned not to take it personal. I just, the thing is, I'm just waiting. And I, I, I jokingly say this thing that like, Whoever is not paying me now is going to pay me later. At some point, you're going to pay me. Don't pay me now. That's fine. You're going to pay me later. And it's going to be a premium later. Because right now, you can afford me now. Later, you'll afford me. It's just going to cost you more. You're going to pay me at some point. So that's how I see it. And that's just how I'm choosing to see it. And um, yeah, I just hope it's not too late whatever that means but mm-hmm. no i get you yeah. so how much do you think your the way you were raised by your parents influences how you're going to parent your children or how you are parenting your children Ooh, uh it's a very huge man uh very huge because i think having so for me feeling like i had to do things a certain way just because that's the way and i mean so for me the the one thing uh that i'll that i'll say about culture is Sometimes I like to think it's good. It's good because it teaches people similar values. So it's one of those, everybody has the same values, but I also don't like it because I feel like sometimes it takes away from individuality or um, your, you being, you expressing yourself because it's kind of like, like within your culture. Yeah. yeah within yeah. our culture. Cause it's like, well, girls have to do this or guys have to do this. Well, what about I want to do this? So there's no, I that's more like, you know, it's for the communities, for the culture, it's for everyone. It's like, well, what about doing things for yourself? Mm-hmm. So that's my thing with the culture. Sometimes I feel like with the culture, I was taught to put other people's, you know, priorities above mine. Like, oh, I have to speak a certain way. I have to behave a certain way. I have to dress a certain way because I don't want to offend people. I don't want to, you know, like um, just all these things. So I kind of 
put other people before me. I feel like I put other people before me. I put, you know, the elders, anyone who was older than me. Like I, I put their needs before my needs. I put their feelings before my feelings. So somebody, somebody was older than me and they spoke rudely to me. I had to keep quiet. Like I can't talk back because if I do, that's very disrespectful. But it's like, you can speak rudely to me, but I cannot defend myself or I cannot speak up and say, hey, that's rude. I can't even talk back. I just have to like suck it up. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that aspect because I feel like it's, you know, kind of um, dims dims down, dims down on uh, dims the a person's character or personality because you know everybody's born with personalities. Everyone's different, but then with the culture, it makes you have to be like everybody. You know, you have. And for me, that's something I sort of struggled with because I I like thinking for myself. I I like I one of the things I like telling people, even my wife, question everything question everything mm-hmm. i'm not saying rebel against everything but question is what i'm hearing true is what i'm hearing fact yeah. you know we all we can all think for ourselves and i feel like with culture you can't question it because well this is the way it's done like i'll ask my parents like well this is just what we do well this is how it's done so you don't even have an answer for why i'm doing it you're just telling me to do it because this is the way it's done why somebody else made you do it or somebody else thinks you should like you know so that's that was my issue with culture so because of that now the way I see things is this individuality or freedom of expression is something I want my children to have because I feel like I didn't have a lot of that. Um, there's that. Then also being on the other side of culture, having the values and having, you know, and having the values so strong is also something that I like as well too, because I feel like sometimes where there's no culture, there is no there's no values. So it's like there has to be some values so the culture can be good for values but it can be terrible for like your individuality or yourself or your own expression because you know you have to fine line eh? yeah so it's just that thing where it's like you know what um have your values express yourself but don't disrespect people or don't yeah don't disrespect people don't say anything um to yeah just don't disrespect people and you know think be conscious of other people so be conscious of other people but not so much that like you can't do what you want Mm -hmm. and um the conversation i had with my parents one of the things i said was like hey you know what i feel like you know you guys um you guys sort of you expect me to behave a certain way and when i don't expect when i don't behave a certain way rather than ask hey how come you're doing this this way how come you're behaving this way you just say, oh, it's a generational thing. And I'm like, mom, dad, that's such a cop-out because guess what I hear when you say it's a generational thing? What I'm hearing is this. Oh, Nathaniel's doing something. We don't know why he's doing anything, but we can't be bothered to ask him. We'll just say, oh, it's a generational thing. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me you don't want to get to know me better. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If you do something that bothers me or like, I don't understand, I'm like, why is dad behaving like this? I'm going to be like, hey, if I can't ask dad directly, I'll go ask mom. Mom, why is dad doing this? Like, you know, do you have an explanation? I want to know. Or dad, like, what's going on? Like, you know, you don't normally do this. And I try to get to know because I'm like, well, I've known you guys all my life. Now you're behaving a certain way. Like, why? What's going on? And in me asking, I'm I'm connecting with you. I'm building a relationship. I'm getting to know you. When you just say, oh, that's a generational thing, that's such a cop-out. You know nothing about me. You know nothing about, you just say it's a generational thing. It's, it's not a generational thing. It's a me thing. Yeah. And you don't get to know me or whatever. And like, that's the thing. So if there's something that I'm doing that you don't understand, ask me, get to know me. And maybe you'll understand. Maybe it's a me thing. Maybe it's a generational thing. But even then, you get to know me and we get to kind of um, connect versus this thing where it's just like, okay, well, this is not our culture. This is different. And then it's like, because what ends up happening is 
we are creating distance instead of building connection. So, um, yeah, when I told them that, I said, you know what, there's some things that you guys did uh, or like did with us, how you raised me or whatever that like I didn't like as a child. But guess what? You're my parents. I'll always love you. I'll always respect you because you're my parents. Now, with me saying that, you also need to know that there are some things that I will do as your child that you will not like. But guess what? You have to be okay with it because I'm your child. Mm -hmm. So can we be okay with that? Can we be Can you be okay with me doing things that you don't like, but you know I'm not disrespectful. I'm not disrespecting you. You know I'm not doing it to hurt you. You just know I'm being me. Maybe it just makes you uncomfortable, but you are okay with it because I'm me. I'm happy. I'm not hurting anybody. Same thing. There's some things that you might say you might do or whatever that I don't like, but if you're not hurting anybody, you're not disrespecting, I have to be okay with it. Yeah. And I think that's sort of how I'm choosing to raise my parents, uh, I'm choosing to raise my children because they're going to do things I don't like, but as long as they're not breaking the law, they're not disrespecting anything, they're not, you know, um, doing anything without values or whatever, yeah. then like, I'm okay with it, you know? So, yeah, like if one of my sons, like for an example, you're talking about your brother does MMA, uh, I'm not much for like MMA or fighting or whatever, but if one of my kids wants to do that, go for it. I'm not going to yeah. be like, oh man, you're fighting. And I'm no, no, mm -hmm. like go, go do your thing, man. Like, you know, it's not something I value. It's not something I like, but Hey, is it hurting me? Is it disrespecting me? No. Yeah. So can I be okay with it? Yes. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that, that's how I'm going to choose to uh, raise my family. And I think just having that, um, having the both sides or being able to see both sides uh, is sort of huge for me because I've told my wife something. I'm like, you know, I, the way I see the world is so different because I've grown up in different cultures. I don't see the world one way because, you know, typically cultures see the world from their own view. So like if you're Canadian, you only see things the Canadian way. You know, if you're African, you only see things the African way. Like I'm a Nigerian dude who grew up in Botswana. There's differences between Nigeria and Botswana. And I've seen that. I've experienced that. And then now I'm coming from Botswana to Canada. It's like there's differences between that. And I've seen that. I've experienced that. So I look at the world. I see things differently. Like some things my wife will get upset at. I'm like, and it's not like oh, a guy or girl thing. It's literally like because of stuff I've experienced. It's like, this is not a thing. Yeah. Then there's some things where I might get upset with. And she's like, but that's not a thing. Like for an example, um, this one, uh, like for her, if she gets mad at her parents, she can stand up and walk out. Like just yeah, okay. the conversation. So if she like her parents are saying something, she doesn't like, she can stand up and walk out. For me, I would never do that. If my parents are saying something that makes that I don't like, I'm going to sit there and listen to every, I have to, I mm. will. Why? They're allowed to say what they want. It's a respect thing for me to stand up and walk away. That's a slap in the face. That's me saying, I don't care about what you guys are saying. You know, I think what I think how I feel or what I'm thinking or whatever my opinion is better than yours. Screw you guys. I'm walking away. I would never do that to my parents. But for her, the way it is, is if she walks away, she, for her, it's like a, well, I didn't want to yell at my parents. So I walked out. But for yeah. me, it's like, and the things both are right. But my thing is just like, okay, I see the world so different. So I can see on both sides. And I say that because when that happened, um, when, when, when that actually happened, my parents were there. So we were wedding planning and like my wife, uh, well, at the, at the time she was my fiance, she got up and just walked out of the conversation. And my parents were like, oh, <laughs> and I was just like, oh no. Cause, <laughs> Cause my parents are like, how can she do this? Like, yeah. And I'm just like, oh man. Cause I knew where my wife was coming from. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, I know the, the dynamics of my parents, but also know like what my parents are thinking. Cause my parents were like, like they're looking at each other. Like, they couldn't cause my, she just got up and walked out. Yeah. My, cause my parents, 
to her, they saw it as she got up and walked out on them too. Because even though it was her parents talking, it's one of those, well, she can walk out on her parents. Why wouldn't she walk out on us? So I had to be like, guys, y'all are making this about you. It has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. you. You didn't grow up with her. This is how she grew up. So I had to explain it to them. And they're like, but but I was like, mom, this is not your culture. You, yeah. So you need to understand now that when she does this, she's not disrespecting you. She's not disrespecting her parents. If anything, this is probably better. For us, in my culture, the way we do things is like, well, I sit there, let you say everything. And then when I'm done, I speak whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, and the thing too is like, some, uh, I mean, and it's one of those, sometimes I can, I can, I can disagree with my parents. I can be like, you know what? Well, I don't like this. I don't, versus I feel like with her, she says it, it's more friction versus for me. If I say I don't like it, I don't like it. Yeah. And like, I, the thing is, I will not argue with my parents. I'm like, I don't like this. If I've said I don't like it, I don't like it. Yeah. Versus for her, that could be an argument. So rather than okay. argue, she just got up and walked the away. Avoidance. Whereas for me, I'm like, I, it's kind of a cultural thing. I can't walk out on my parents while they're talking. So like, you know, and the thing, it's, it's, it's just different, right? But also, I mean, using that as an example, it lear- it's, I learned how to be able to stay in uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable conversations, feel my own, basically be triggered, but also kind of like, Keep my cool because there's some times when my parents will say so many things. We'll see mom once again. And I'm just there like, and I'll just stay. And that's another thing too. So like my mom would be okay with me. Like, even if I wasn't like, so at first I'd be looking at her and then after I'll just like look away and I'll just like look at my hand and I'll be like, just waiting until she's done talking and she'd be okay with it. Why? Because I'm not saying anything disrespectful. I'm, I'm like, I'm there versus somebody else. It's like, you're not looking at me. You're looking at your hands. That's disrespectful. Yeah. So for my parents, that's not, that's not disrespectful. I'm still giving them the audience. Okay. I'm just managing my emotions because they know that like, I'm not liking what they're saying. So they can tell yeah, Yeah. Nate doesn't like this at all, but whatever. He's still there. So like, I'll literally be like this. I'm like waiting for them to finish. I'm not interested at all. I'm like, hmm. okay, are you done? <laughs> can I go? Okay. If Miranda said that, that's a difference, you know, so it's one of, so yeah. it's slightly different the differences. So I can be like, okay, are we done? Can I go? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. If she, I feel like if I, you know, I can't imagine me. So if I had Miranda's mom or whatever, and I said that, that would be like World War Three. Cause she's like, how dare you? Am I done? Are you? And I say that because I, I've, I've had girls fight, like in the past, girls will argue. I'm like, okay, are you done? Okay, cool. I'm out. And I'll just leave. And, Oh, the, it's you know what I mean. A girl ream you out, and then you know, and then I'm, I'm just like, I'll take it. Are you done? That's the and I learned like that's a nice way to like finish a com- finish an argument or just kind of get the last piece because they think they'll burn me, and I'm like, are you done? Because I was oh, I did that with my parents because other guys I think it's one of those when the girls are walking out, you know, you'll see guys like trying to leave or whatever, like oh, you know, this girl's talking, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna hang up on her. Nah, for me, I'll hear everything, but then I'm gonna end it. Are you done? Okay. Thank you. And I'm, and I'm out because mm-hmm. I had to learn that. So I think with the culture thing, that's how I'm going to, to, to raise my kids. And I don't know how they're going to be when they grow up, but they're going to be different for sure. They're going to have values. They're going to be tough, but they're also going to be like, they're going to speak their mind. Cause that's yeah. another thing too. I spoke my mind and uh, sometimes I got in trouble. <laughs> A lot of times I got in yeah, trouble. Yeah. You're always going to get in trouble when you yeah. speak your mind. But well, and like with good. them too, with the whole like where you said he's getting on stage and everything like that you're setting such a good example right there too so like it's probably going to be easier for you to instill those val uh, those values into them yeah where you seem like most children nowadays man like i'm not a parent like but i you know like i have some very close friends of mine it's, it's interesting because remember how we we're talking about if you haven't worked with a coach or like oh no it's not saying to a console but it's the same concept 
if you if you are someone's first and only coach, yeah. they have no idea what it's like to be with somebody else. No, right? Yeah, that's and true. That's so true. these clo- very close friends of mine, they always wondered if their child was like acting up. And I'm like, no, you have an amazing nope. kid, but it's because they haven't been around any other children or anything. So it's like, they don't know. Is he being good? Is he being bad? I'm like, no, he's, he's being amazing. Yeah. Right. And so the fact that, yeah, you have all this experience and then you're going in and you're, sounds like your son, yeah. Is following your footsteps and everything. It sounds like you're going to have a much easier time. Hopefully, parenting how you want to parent. Yeah. No, him and I are very close. Actually, I'd say, um, like yesterday, we actually uh, took him to Treehouse. So, like every now and then, I like to spend some time with him. So, I took him to Treehouse, like an indoor playground, and we're there for like yeah, I've been almost there yeah. three, almost three hours. Yeah, play some games, all that stuff, and like his heart was so full that him and I, are buddies. So, like. Um, and I feel like that's going to be way different from how my parents raised me because I didn't see my parents as my friends. I saw them as my parents Okay. versus I, I feel like my son will see me as his parents and his friend. And I mm-hmm. say, and I think it's nice to have both. Like, cause if you're too parenty, then like you don't have that friendship relationship. Okay. And if you're two friends, then it's like your kids can walk all over you. So I feel you want to have that nice thing with boundaries. Like, parent, you can like, you know, install rules. You can say no. And they'll understand they'll be like, Oh, and then also you're, they're able to talk to you. So like, there's that freedom, there's that openness, but then there's also that respect aspect. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's sort of what I want with my children. That's literally it. No, I'm your dad. Listen to me, you know, question me if you have to. And like, if I don't know something, I'll tell Like sometimes they'll ask me something like, I don't know. Daddy doesn't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have to have all the answers. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm your parents. I'm not, you know, Mr. Know-it-all. And I feel like sometimes kids, we think our parents know everything. And I'm, I want to let my parents, know, I mean, my child know I don't know everything mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, I, th- I just want to be honest with them, man. Like, I, I don't know everything. I'm not going to know everything. Another thing I've told my, well, I've told my wife to, uh, and more as something to help her is this. As parents, we will always do what we think is best for our children, but know that you're going to mess up. You're going to make a mistake because guess what? That child is going to grow up and at some point they'll be like, hey, mom, dad, I wish I had done this different or I didn't like this thing that you did. But the thing is, it doesn't mean you did something wrong as a parent. It doesn't mean you mess up as a parent. You'll always have your child's best interest at heart for most parents, at least most good parents. And the thing, sometimes what you think is right for your child is not right because you're thinking from your perspective. You think, well, for as a parent, I think this is right for my son or my daughter, but your daughter will know what's better for them or what's right for them or whatever. And the thing is you kind of won't know until, you know, time has flown and, you know, he's yeah. in his twenties or whatever. So, then, yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, dad, I wish I didn't go to this school. I wish, you know, you didn't pull me out of this. I wish I didn't move here. You know, all these things like, but you won't know until they're older. But the thing is, I'm OK knowing I'm OK with that. And I, I'm OK knowing that, you know, in his 20s, he might tell me, hey, dad, I didn't like this. Or I wish you did this different or, you know, like this really bothered me. And I'm OK with it because mm-hmm. like, I know I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try my best. My best isn't all is not going to be enough, but I'm okay with that because it's my best. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely okay. As when it comes to parenting, I feel like that's honestly the one thing I can say I'm definitely the most confident about. And I think it's just because everything I've been through, I feel like, you know what? I, I get it. Um, you know, from with my parents, the culture, everything, you know, just everything. I'm like, okay, I think I'm. I'm okay with being a parent. I'm going to be the best parent I can be, but that also doesn't mean the perfect parents. Like I'm going to be the best parent that I can be mm-hmm. like, and I mean, I could be a better parent when I'm 40 versus right now I'm 33. Am I the best parent? Yeah. Right now in my thirties, but 
Would I be a better parent when I'm 40? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, will I be okay with the mistakes I'm making now in my 30s? Yes. Because I'm not going to be making them in my 40s. And that's just sort of it for me. Yeah, as far as, far as parenting, I have no issues, no qualms. I'm excited to see how my children are going to grow up to be. And it's just because of the intention that I have that I've always had um, since since both of them. I just want them to, yeah, just be well-rounded, question everything. Um, yeah, and be okay to express themselves. So is your your niche, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought at some point that you work with like a lot of fathers. No, so, or is fun, it, is it funny, over? so funny enough, um, at first I didn't really have a niche. It was all over the place. And then um, I started getting more women out of nowhere. And then everyone just been like, oh man, I want to work with more guys. So now I'm actually, I have more guys than I do girls. Um, none of them are fathers, actually. None. I thought no, none of them are fathers. Because I thought you put something on social media one time that you were searching for over like a certain age or something. Yes, 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 yes. I was, and that was for my uh, for my online uh, for my online coaching and like a group. It's actually funny because I have four guys. Okay, in, so that's so I have four guys in there. Yeah, four guys in there right now. Uh, oh, actually, sorry. I guess one is a father. Alex is a father. Okay, I like. Okay. So I got one who's <laughs> a dad. Yes, yeah, so I got one who's a dad. But no, all my other clients are not. Uh, they're not fathers. They're just guys and. It's this thing where I realized, you know, I just wanted to help guys out more. I mean, obviously, I, I like women too, but um, me being a guy, me being a father, I realized, you know what? Um, men have a special place in society. I'm like, oh man, I hope this doesn't get me in trouble. But like, I know the way things are in society, I feel like, um, yeah, men don't really know where the place is right now. You know, it's this thing where, um, oh man, like what I'm about to say, I'm like, I hope if I get a bird, but it's one of those things now, like you get, it's it's confusing, and I guess it's confusing for me because I'm just it's, this is I'm, I'm just speaking my opinion. So like it's confusing for me where um what do you call it? a trans guy? Yeah, a trans guy will say he's a guy. It's like I'm sorry, you're a woman. You have no idea what it's like to be a man. You can call yourself and identify as a man. That's cool too. I've said I'm Chinese several times. No Chinese person ever say, "Oh, you're Chinese." So like you know, I can identify as Chinese, but like let's be honest, I'm not Chinese. I don't know what it's like to be a Chinese person. So like. With guys nowadays, you know, with every with everybody being, you know, uh, women can be guys, and then guys are saying they're girls. It's confusing as a man. I'm sure the same thing for women, but I don't know what women are going through, so I can't speak on women's experiences. I can speak as a man, and I don't know how other guys feel about what's going on. You know, like their lack of control, their lack of power, or like how they're going to, you know, what do you call it? like how 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 they can even behave. I don't know if you've seen all these memes or like videos about um toxic masculinity in the gym like yes yeah. yeah and for me i'm like dude that's everybody everybody looks in the gym when i say everybody looks in the gym people look at me all the time in the gym i'm not gonna be like oh toxic femininity toxic masculinity but it's like this thing where guys don't know where they belong guys don't know how to behave guys don't know what they can do anymore it's just it's very it's a very weird place for guys and i mean maybe for everybody too but as a guy i'm just seeing that this is a very interesting space and time for guys and guys who identify well, straight guys, it's very, very interesting. So for me, it's like, you know what, if I can just be uh, that one dude to just, you know, help you out or like give you, create a space where you can feel like a dude, you can feel like a man, you can, you know, joke, be free, do all these things, but also work on your health and fitness. And then also allow me to challenge you, um, challenge you as a human being as well too, then for sure. Like um, that's sort of what I want to do right now. Like that's, that's where I'm at right now when it comes to guys. So I love working with guys more because, you know, I just want to see them feel empowered, you know, feel good about them because, you know, I don't know what other guys are going through or, you know, what their situation is. 
Um, you know, imagine going to the office as a guy and it's like, you know, one of your coworkers is uh, is a girl, but says he's a guy. And like he's, you know, I, I don't know how all of those things makes, makes them feel. Um, I don't, because I mean, I've had some, some conversation with other people and it seems like, yeah, guys don't, guys are confused right now. So I really would just want to help guys just feel like guys again, you know, whether it's you're able, you know, you feel like a, a like a man because and when, that's the thing. I don't know what a man is, like man is supposed to feel like or whatever, but men are just men. If you're born with a penis, as far as I'm concerned, you're a man, and that's all you need. Just feel, be proud about that, and you know, if you want to feel strong, feel strong. Versus, um, you know, sometimes I feel like some guys they they don't want to talk about being jacked, or I feel like you know they they don't want to sound like toxic males. I'm like, I don't think there's anything toxic about wanting to be jacked. You have testosterone, man. It's in you. It makes you. Like you have it, I have it. It makes you want to just, ah, you want to feel, it's a man thing, man. You want to feel strong. You want to feel like you're in control. And I feel like, um, you know, fitness is one aspect where men can at least have that because in your job, do you feel like you have control? Do you feel like you have strength or power? No, you know, you have a boss over you. You know, you have women who are coming in and like taking, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? like taking control and doing things. And I'm not saying women should not come into the workforce. I'm not saying women should not take a lead. I'm just saying some guys could feel like they have no strength, no control, no power in their lives because, you know, they can't do certain things or they're scared to say things or they're scared to do things. But man, imagine if you can come to the gym, you lift some weights, you know, you get your blood flowing, get your testosterone surging, you feel strong, you feel good, you know, you, you're doing something manly or something that makes you feel like a man, makes you feel good. Dude, you're like, you're riding a high a couple of times a week. You know, you feel good about yourself and about who you are. That's just it. And the thing is, I think that's very important because um, I don't know how, if some guys feel, how some guys feel about themselves right now. Um, you know, women are earning uh, almost as much as us now to us in some cases more. Um, they get promotions. You know, there's just so much, we'll say because of equality or whatever, some guys get missed or some guys get left behind and it's like you know um i don't you know i don't know if they feel like men anymore like if they if they feel like they can't feel masculine but at least in the gym you can come in you know get your pump on um work on yourself work on your 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 manhood that's amazing that's fantastic so that's sort of why i want to work for guys because i still feel like guys need some love you know we might not talk about our emotions but we're sensitive we've got feelings and that's because i'm a sensitive dude i feel a lot dude i feel a lot um, I have feelings. I, I'm open talking about them. And that's another thing that I do with my clients as well, too. Um, a lot of them feel comfortable sharing their emotions and feelings with me. So, you know, it's just so that's where I see myself right now, being being that person or creating that space um, where, you know, guys can come and feel and just be guys. You don't have to be buff. You don't have to be, you know, like you just just be you can be a soft dude. You know, you can be just a guy and you know don't you don't have to worry you don't have to worry about using the right pronouns or whatever or just you know you can just talk to me and like i'm a guy i get it you know you can just be and, I, and the thing i don't know if i feel like maybe you get it because guys i feel like guys in general just tend to be chill sometimes you just you really chill when women come into the mix sometimes that's what we have to like watch out but then if it's just guys uh, guys just guys are guys so um yeah i i i really just want um to just help more guys because i feel like uh, we need help you know with Women empowerment is taken off and it's very, very good. I think every woman deserves um, to be seen, heard, and felt. But also it's like, can we do that without not putting down the guys? Like, is it can women climb up without putting guys down? 
And um, yeah, I saw something. I shared it to my story the other day, um, and I don't. I didn't know if it was true, so I put up. <clears throat> A poll asking people like, "Is this true facts?" And they said like seventy five percent of suicides are men, yeah, or something like that. And then yeah. like when I mentor, um, we talk about male clients, yeah, and like you'll go reading through symptoms and everything, and and vocally they'll be like, "I'm fine," but then you go at symptoms, you're like, "No, you're not," and, and it's like what's stopping you from expressing what's actually going on inside. And is it is a it a societal man. thing? It's, is it I, like I feel like it's society because you know? it's one of it's it's this weird thing where it's society has kind of made it seem like oh you know what men can't talk about the feelings well men can't talk about the feelings uh, but then it's also like nowadays they say men should talk about their feelings but then if you talk about your feelings ah you're soft and I say that because I've spoken about my feelings no one's and I think no one's really called me soft to my face because of how I look because I have muscles or whatever because. I look like a man and like, you know, I have my wife and everything. No one goes, oh, this guy is soft. Like they, when they see me, they'll look, they see a, a strong, confident man. And no one's going to be like, this guy is soft. And if you do say it to my face, no one said it to my face yet. But that's the thing. The other guys who don't look like me, but they feel like me and they need to talk. You don't need muscles. You don't need to be big, strong and whatever. And like bold and everything to just say, hey, you know what? I'm hurting. I don't like this. I need help. Whatever the case might be. You don't need to look like me. But I feel like for me, I sort of have that advantage a little bit. And I say that advantage because when you look at most Jack guys, you don't ever look at think that, oh, yeah, you know, that guy's a wuss. No, even if it's like he's experiencing pain, you're like, oh, man, he must really be hurt because that guy is so tough for him to be like showing pain. Oh, he must really be hurt. You know, that's how we view tough guys with muscles. So it's one of those. But the other guys without muscles who want to speak, but they're not allowed to talk or they're not encouraged or when they encourage, you know, they're made fun of by men or women or they'll say, oh, you know, you're so although almost I don't know if I say make it effeminate like, oh, you're so you're so passionate. You're so sensitive. every man should be passionate, man. We we have feelings just like women. The only thing is we haven't or weren't encouraged to share or express them before. And then now if we do, it has to be in the right place, the right time, the right setting. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like for example, I mean, a guy can just say, oh, you know what? Oh, I hate how the women are just entering the workforce. A guy can say that and he will get destroyed. Women can say, I hate how men rule everything. No, nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? Like they're both expressing how they feel. But the guy gets crucified. The woman gets to walk out scot-free. Why? That's society, man. Yeah. And I've, I've been in situations like that where like one recently too, where I find it's the, I call it the buddy system. Meaning so like you could be totally right, but because their buddies don't agree with you, then you're, you're wrong. Mm. And this is something that happened like very, very recently. Yeah. And I'm just like, <sighs> so for me, and I'm not, I'm not meaning like men, women kind of thing, just yeah, like no, it could just, be both yeah, yeah, groups yeah. or whatever. But another thing too, like a little bit of like a, uh, when you talk about men and emotions, a nerd fact on this, because uh, I'm actually, after our podcast here, I'm going to put out my YouTube video on dopamine. Okay. Dopamine is actually research is showing is more responsible for things like depression rather than serotonin. And testosterone actually flushes more dopamine so we have all these men so this is why i put up that ask do you think these statistics are true of the suicide rate because with knowing how much dopamine is going out of men's systems yeah. so they're internalizing that depression and not expressing it so like wow if we look at it from an actual like i just continue it's to call it a like nerd perspective yeah. it makes sense as as to as why the suicide rate would be that high in men 
because not only we're not talking about it, but that is literally, uh, shall I call it eligibility to be depressed yeah, because well, of hormones yeah. and neurotransmitters. Yeah. And so it's like, when I saw that statistic, I was like, okay, well, I didn't do my research. So I'm not saying like, I'm not posting this because I'm saying it's true. I'm asking everybody else, but here sitting with you, I'm like, I kind of believe that no, it's probably true. Yeah. And, and so this is me even, I'm trying to think where, so with my, I mean, like, I remember I told you um, when I first competed, that's when I started feeling uh, emotions like sadness, all that stuff, because prior to that, man, I was actually struggling with depression and mental health and even suicidal ideation. So I remember about when I was 22, I wanted to take my life. I mean, I remember I, I grabbed the, the kitchen knife and what stopped me was, I was like, man, I don't want my mom to come home and clean up a mess. I love her too much. You know, so she's going to be crying. She's going to be hurt. And then she has to clean up a bloody, that's too much. So that, that's why I didn't do it. Like mm -hmm. literally I didn't want it to clean up a mess. That's mm -hmm. why. But like now in hindsight, I'm like, I'm happy. I mean, the, it's one of those, like, I don't want my mom to clean up a mess. That's why it's not because, oh, I didn't, I, I valued my life. It's like, no, I don't want my mom to clean up a mess. I don't want to ruin a carpet. I didn't want to cry and be like, oh, I should get it. You know, that's why, that's why I didn't do it. So like, but I mean, that I struggled with that in the past. And I mean, so now, so with that, like being able to feel my feelings, being able to express my feelings, being able to talk about it, dude, I went from not feeling sad at all. If I felt sad, I'd be like, why are you feeling sad? Stop being a bitch. And then I get angry. So I was always angry, chip on my shoulder. I went from that to like, hey, it's okay to, to be sad. It's okay to be, not okay to be depressed, but it's okay to feel depressed. It's okay to be, you know, to cry. It's okay for all these emotions that I never permitted or allowed myself to feel. Finally, I'm allowing myself to feel it. And I guess the good thing is, well, because I didn't have a lot of friends or there wasn't a lot of people around me, I gave myself the okay and said it was okay. Like I didn't have other people tell me it's okay. I told myself it's okay because these are my feelings and I need to own them. But how many other guys are i guess fortunate enough to you know maybe have that perspective or even have buddies or people in who encourage them you know what yo tell me how you feel sure no like a lot of guys do are silence and i mean it's like nobody wants to hear how you feel it's, it's almost like we're just supposed to pretend like everything is okay we're supposed to pretend like everything is okay and if nothing's and if something's not okay we talk about it do I mean, my thing is i mean are we really heard i said we really heard it's like are we really heard? And I say that because I hear, I feel like a lot of women are being heard. And I'm not, like, now that's the, I'm not knocking a women. I'm just saying a lot of women are being heard. A lot of other people, are, a lot of trans people have been heard. A lot of homosexuals and gay people have been heard. But what about men? No, you guys have run things for so long. It's been a male dominated world, patriarchy. Shut up. Men are being silenced. And we're killing ourselves. And people, oh, why are men killing themselves? You don't want us to talk. Well, it's it's psychologically proven through replicated research that if a man cries in front of a woman, uh, this obviously is not the correct term, but it's the gist of the idea. They think less of them. Yeah, no. And but what? But the thing is, and so here's my question: Men have feelings. Okay, so if you feel pain and you, the pain wants to express itself in as crying, and you don't cry, you're not allowing yourself to express yourself. Why is society okay with men shutting themselves down and not expressing themselves? But with women, express yourself to the 10th. And here's another thing too. With men, it's not just men. It's the straight men. If you're a trans or gay man, express yourself. Be gay, be trans, be whatever. But straight guys, shut up. We don't want to hear you. Why is that? Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. And, and like, we're, I think... 
when you ask like why is that like i don't have a damn clue yeah no neither do i like it's just it's just a hypothetical question it's yeah. like why is that like why is it that guys aren't allowed to talk and i mean but i feel like we also suffer they say everybody else suffers but other people are allowed to talk except the straight guys straight guys oh you have problems well you know you're tough like it's one of those they expect us to be tough they expect us to just deal with it and then you'll hear some people saying, oh, you know what? No, guys, you know, the um, go, go. You, you, and I mean, I guess there's some groups where the, the, the guys are being encouraged to open up or to, you know, to, to, to what do you call it, to be more vulnerable. But I also feel like some of those groups tend to be more, uh, how do I put it this way without being offended? They tend to be, it's almost like, it's almost more on the feminine side. I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like guys, I think we should, we, can, we should be okay to express ourselves and just be, and just be. We don't have to, it doesn't have to be in a certain group or form because women express themselves all the time. They don't need to be in a group. They don't need to be in the right space in the right time. Like you were saying, you know, like it's scientifically proven, but what, and I mean, I sort of get it because, you know, men are supposed to be protectors or all, all that stuff, but it's also 2023. There's so much science, knowledge, and research that's out there. And you're trying to tell me women still can't, because well, yeah, women or science can't just say, hey, you know what? Guys have feelings too. It's okay for them to cry. And it doesn't mean they're less than. Mm -hmm. Why hasn't the research shown that? Mm -hmm. Because I bet you this research that was supported is just not talked about. Yeah, and another way that I look at it too is we're so stressed out in today's society for various reasons, oh, yeah. physical stress, perceived stress, environmental stress, but all of it is affecting our amygdala. And so oh. I explain to people is amygdala is your ooga booga. Yeah. So it's your cave people thing. So I think that's another thing too, because we're mainly thinking with the amygdala, we resort back to that biological standard where, yeah, men are supposed to be tough and not emotional and go out hunting and provide for the family. And so yeah. that's what I'm kind of thinking is maybe that direction. Like I haven't really thought too much about it yeah. because I, where you work with mainly men, I work with mainly women. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like 98%. Yeah. Like I barely work with men. Yeah. And it's just, maybe it's because I started this with like lots of hormones and like correcting and men don't have as yeah. many hormonal issues woman, per se, yeah. I guess depends how you look at it. But, um, so I don't, I don't experience what you experience. Yeah. Like I don't, and I don't experience a man eventually opening up. And like, when I do, it is almost kind of like, Oh wow. Like this is how a male is feeling. Yeah. It's, it's rather interesting experience when yeah. they begin to open up and do you like, find when they open up, do you find a sound similar to sometimes how maybe you or how your other female clients feel? Yeah. Like I think it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, if you would have said this from the beginning, I probably could have helped you better. And that's why I always say, female clients I am a lot more successful with because mm. they are willing to open up day one about everything, everything. So mm. it enables me to do my job to yeah. whether it's gut health, whether it's hormones, whether it's working with birth control, Yeah, where no, men, true. like we were just, I just had a mentor call before you came over. Yeah, We were talking and it's like, oh, my digestion's fine. Yeah. And then you start to dig deeper and deeper and, and then you like, find no. it's like, no, your yeah. digestion's not good. Yeah. But part of me thinks that's one of the, where they're, you know, the feeling of being silenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in terms of just trying to talk to somebody about your digestion. That's interesting. So it's it's yeah. it's a very complicated topic, no, no, I think. It definitely, yeah, it definitely and is. It's one of those things where 
I kind of am interested in seeing how it plays out because I have to this date, I can't count on one hand. It's probably closer to 10 now. Uh, male friends that have committed suicide. Oh man. Like it's so fun. It's not funny, but it's a uh, couple, is it 2021? Yeah. 2021. Like this one sort of not so much messed me up, but it's the, the one where, um, yeah. So a guy knew actually, um, this guy, oh, what's his name? Dan knows him as well too. He's a firefighter. The most recent um, one that, that I know, I know exactly. Yeah, what you're talking like about. when yeah. that happened, because mm-hmm. that was another guy. Not so much that I used to look up. He used to go to Good Life Fitness when yeah, I was there. Yeah, and I used to chat with him, and it's like Derek was a guy like I liked, I was buddies with, and it's like you know, I, I uh, it, it that one didn't sit well with me. I mean, none of them really did, but it's just this thing where I remember. I think I saw him like a month or two before it happened. I seen him at Kings, and it's just. I had so many questions and it's like, yo, why do you just talk to, why didn't you just say something? And it's like, I mean, I knew some of his friends and I'm like, yo, did you, did he talk to anything to you? Why did he say, like, why didn't he say anything to anybody? And, and you feel he, like you always could have helped. You feel like you well, could have changed that outcome. No, no, well, no. That's I, how I feel. And I say that because this, so the first, when my, uh, the first uh, person who took, so, uh, who, who, who committed suicide that kind of really messed me up was in, um, when I was 23. So like, yeah, go figure the same year. I got done, all that stuff that um, one of my friends committed suicide. And I, that one, I blamed myself. And what I actually internalized and said, you know what? I feel like he did this so that I wouldn't take my own life because I wanted to. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. But then seeing, seeing him in the casket, I was like, I felt like I needed to see that so I wouldn't take my life. So part of me, that's the story I told myself was like, well, the guilt, the, what made me feel guilty is like, he did this, so I wouldn't do that. But I wish he had actually just talked to me because I was struggling through the same thing. And like, maybe we could have helped each other. So mm-hmm. that's sort of how I did. Right. Like now my, my, the way I, the story behind it is different. Like I don't blame myself or whatever, but that was then for me to get over it and for me to not take my life and give myself a second chance. That's what I told myself. And so at 23, that happened. So like now a decade later, um, you know, I mean, like I've, how many other guys? So there's four other guys that I've known. So basically five guys in, in the decade who I know who have taken their lives. And it's like none of them talked to anybody or felt like they could talk to anybody. And that's the thing. Why did they feel like they felt like they had to behave a certain way? And if you feel like you have to behave a certain way, I mean, as somebody who grew up with culture and felt like, oh, you have to do things a certain way for the culture. I know what kind of a prison that was. And the thing is, we are in a place or a society where it's promotes individuality promotes freedom of expression but only for a certain group of people you express yourself and show that you're struggling like so let me give you an example. um when i put when i put social media put when i put some uh, posts on instagram that like i'm struggling with this or just a little bit of you know some i get way more interaction from women and not a lot from uh, from guys as in some guys are like it, but also feel like some guys are scared that I shared what I shared. Okay. Whether because, I don't know if, the, if it's because they're feeling that same way or they can't believe Nathaniel just wrote this on Instagram or like, I don't know what the case might be, but like the guys that do comments or the guys that do share something are usually guys who I'll, um, who I'll say are also sensitive as well too. So sensitive like me, or maybe they're also going through um, what do you call some mental health struggle because I'll get messages from guys like, well, thanks for posting that, bro. Like I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that today. Or thank you for posting that. I didn't know you struggled with this. Or like, man, like, you know, it's nice to see a guy like you and I'm performing. I was always, that's the part of like a guy like me. What does that mean? That's why I feel like maybe people view me different because I have muscles, but it's like, well, it's nice to hear a guy like you posting about stuff like that. Or we need more guys posting like this. And it's like, then do so. Like, I, I mean, I don't mind doing it, but 
do other guys feel like they can do it? Mm-hmm. I think where I came from is because I was once suicidal. I wanted to take my life. I didn't because I didn't. This is my second chance at life. So I'm not going to hide behind anything. I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't speak my truth. I can't because no, man, like I almost took my life. So like right now that I'm alive, guess what? I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to say things. You don't like it too bad for you. Yeah. You know, you, you can open your mouth too. We don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes for me. Like, I don't mind being vulnerable. I don't mind speaking up, but that's also because I know where I was. I was lost. I almost took my life. So like, I have a different perspective on being able to, on, on, on um, what do you call on speaking and being vulnerable? Because for me, I see it more as like, I'd rather speak what I feel and experience what I feel and let people know I'm hurting or just be real with myself than try to pretend because there was a, <laughs> I pretended in the past and like, I would not have been here if I pretended. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I would not be here if I pretended. So um, yeah, so for me, it's, I, I don't see it that way, but other guys, I mean, I don't know how they feel. And my thing is if, if a lot of guys are not, able to express themselves or feel um or express their feelings i feel not so much that there's something wrong but it's yeah i feel like there is something wrong i mean i'm not saying everybody should go out there and be like oh yeah i feel this way feel this way but like if you need help you know you're struggling with something you should feel okay too and i feel like most often it's women that I see doing that. Like women will post statuses on Facebook, they'll post stuff on Instagram, they're struggling with guys, everything is fine, everything's fine. But also, I mean, this is just a maybe a hypothetical question. Is it because we've been shamed in like in the past, maybe some maybe you're you're a child, maybe someone's like, oh big boys don't oh big, big boys don't cry, or just that kind of, you know, societal like brainwashing or whatever, or like you never see guys you look up to uh, you know, say anything like Oh, what's this guy's name? Like, oh, just forgot his name. There's a comedian, uh, Robin. Is it uh, Robin? Took his life. Robin Williams? Yes, Robin Williams yeah. took his life. He didn't, why, why didn't, why didn't he say anything? Like, you know, why? This is somebody who I feel like could have, you know, it's like, he could have said something. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he should have, but he could have. I mean, I like to think he's, he was free to express himself, but he didn't. Why? Yeah, like you think you'd have you know, a, a just, big just outlet, think, yeah. so just, you kind of wonder what demons yeah, like they're fighting. It just and makes you think, like, yeah. you know, like, were they shamed before? You know why? Because when women talk about their feelings, they're not shamed. No one ever says, "Oh, you know, you talked about being molested or being raped." Oh, shut up! You know, keep that to yourself. Nobody ever does that. They're shown empathy. They're shown compassion. When guys do that, it's very mixed feelings. Like I, that's the thing. I'm still, I still, for me personally, I'm like, I don't get like. We are guys, we have feelings. Women talk about it. They embrace. The guys talk about it. It's weird. And I say it's weird because it's like, it's not always well received, but it should be well received. Mm-hmm. When somebody comes out, they're talking about this, it's well received. Mm-hmm. A guy's talking about his mental health, it's not well received. So I can come and be like, I'm gay. Everybody's happy. I'm depressed. Oh, I don't want to hear that, man. Like, what? You know, I don't understand. So, like, man, we can only be funny. We can only be happy. We can't be sad. Women, y'all can be everything. I'm not knocking at women. It's just, I just don't understand where that is. So, for me, um, yeah, what I do is, I mean, like, because I guess it comes more natural natural to me. Um, I find when I actually do talk about something, maybe, you know, and that's the thing. Right now, I'll just say something like, oh, man, I just struggle with this. Or I could never talk to girls. And I find, like, my guy clients are like, what? Nathaniel's saying? Like, I'm sharing stuff that maybe they wouldn't talk about then after a while like they actually just start sharing stuff with me yeah. so 
um that's, that's good, sort of how, yeah so you know that's honestly how i see it for me i see it as like um a way for me to connect with guys for me to be able to um grow a relationship with them challenge them a little bit and um just let them know that yo you know you're safe here like you're you can you can be strong you can be vulnerable you can be whatever i'm like I don't judge you. And I think also because I never really fit in, like I never really fit in. I, I see myself as like a weirdo. I also get other weirdos or other guys who don't fit in. So if I get a tough guy, it's like, oh, you know, I'm so tough, but I have these feelings. And like, he doesn't feel like a tough guy. It's like, yo, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a skinny guy who's like, oh, you know, he, he, he wants to, you know, he, he wants to, I don't know, like he feels a certain way. It's like, I get it because I've mm-hmm. been there because I'm a weirdo too. Like I, I still see myself as a skinny guy. So it's one of those, I like to think I get other guys and because I not so much, I I get every, I get some guys and also because I've had more practice with being vulnerable and I don't really care much about the outcome as in if people get bothered about it or if people, um, you know, empathize with me over it, I'm okay with it. And me being, me talking about it, I find in a way has helped other guys feel like they can talk about it. Now, will they talk about it? That's a different thing. But mm-hmm. at least it's like, if I keep talking about it or I use my voice or I, you know, or whatever, and I'm not shy to talk about my mental health or mental health struggles, that's fine. Yeah. Like the amount of, there's been several times where in session, I'm like, oh man, there was a time when I was so depressed. And like people, it's what I just say it like casually because it's like, dude, I've, it's, it's depression. I have nothing to be ashamed about. Like if you've been depressed, so what? Like it's not your story. It's nothing to be ashamed about. So I'll just say casually. Oh yeah. Like when I was depressed, I remember this one time, oh man, I was so depressed. I didn't want to work out. Or I'm like, my God, my God clients are like, what? Like they can't believe it because like I'm prepping right now and I'm telling them I was so depressed. I didn't want to work out. And then they see a different side of me. Like, oh yeah, this guy had issues, he had problems. And then they see the, I guess the humanness in me, they're able to talk more. And so like, that's for me, one of the reasons I think why I still like um, working with guys. And also I want to eventually transition from fitness into more um, life coaching. So you said that, okay, so you're tra- you want to transition into life coaching. Yes. And then I remember when I had asked you originally uh, to come on as a guest, you said you were launching something and that was what I asked you beginning or end of March. Yeah. So, um, and then you said you're launching it middle of April. And so what is that? Well, so actually I'm actually end up being pushed a little bit and that's actually like uh, me transitioning to like the life coaching. Thing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, right now I just have some guys working on it and, um, yeah, because it's one thing I've, I've really, I really felt like with fitness, um, I can only help. I mean, while I can transform lives, I can only help within my scope of practice, which is mostly health and fitness. And mm-hmm. I feel like the mind is one of the most powerful tools, gifts, whatever we have. Um, that's a bad word to use, whatever that we have. It's one of the most powerful gifts and tools that we have. And I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, just work, uh, understanding the mind mindset and even learning how to change perspective or help people transform perspectives. Um, so one of the things that I'm working on and is going to be uh, starting soon and it's very, very scary for me because it's outside of my comfort zone. It's not something I've done before. It's actually doing more life coaching and um, yeah, just putting out more value. So um, the, goal is to, the goal is to help people with their confidence and mindset because I feel like if you have the right mindset, well, you can achieve anything. Well, not that you can achieve, you can, you can achieve anything, but also confidence is how is confidence is what, <laughs> yeah. So with the confidence aspect, that's where you get to share a little bit more of you or your authentic self, because I feel like with, in order for you to, to make an impact, 
you sort of have to be confident in who you are, what you do, and how you do it well. If you don't have the confidence, you are not going to shoot big. You're not going to reach for the stars. You're just going to you'll play small. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are some guys maybe who have, or not guys, people, whatever, um, they have a lot to offer, but then they don't believe in themselves. And I'm saying this- It's like imposter syndrome. That, exactly, because this is actually something I struggled with for years, actually. Imposter syndrome. I This is what I have to offer. Like, mm-hmm. um, I have this to offer, but I have struggled so hard. So I've struggled so- so hard and so long to to do it to offer it because of imposter syndrome um because i felt like you know i wasn't good enough you know just it's one of those i felt like people just see me oh well people just see me as like a fitness personality so why should they see me as like a life coach or somebody who can help transform their life transform their business transform their relationships why should they see me as that but that was also part of my journey that was something i had to go through i had to go through that process overcome my limiting beliefs overcome mental barriers overcome blocks um, you know, uh, and, and, and everything and just be aligned with who I truly am and who I truly am, um, is empowering people. I think I chose fitness or started off with fitness because that's what came to me naturally. It was something I already had the passion for. Um, you know, I had a lot, a ton of experience in, and I mean, I started working as a personal trainer back in 2015, 2015, 2014, 2015. So, I mean, after having a lot of, um, after doing this now, it's part of, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, with the guys I'm working with and with just how things are changing, I I do more, it's fitness and lifestyle. So I'm kind of like in the lifestyle and the mindset a little bit. And I'm like, dude, Nathaniel, this is really what you, what I need to do more of. And um, there's this, just this feeling I've had inside of me that's like, I've wanted to do it. And maybe you, you may have even seen on social media because there's sometimes where like I'll, I'll be more fitness and it's like more mindset, more fitness, because I've been kind of like on and off, on and off. And I think part of the reason, if I'm just being very honest with the off part is when I've gone to more of the mindset stuff, I didn't see a lot of um, guys receive it very well. I felt like they were very scared. So for me, I'm like, I want to help these gentlemen. I want to help these dudes, but they're not welcoming me. They're not receiving me. But why am I doing it now? Well, I realized I've never really fit in. I've never really fit in. So why should I expect to fit in now? That's part of it. So like, this is part of my journey. Um, I never really felt like I fit in with the fitness industry, but guess what? I've been in the fitness industry for so long. Mm-hmm. Do I fit in as like, you know, like your, your normal life coach or whatever? I don't know, but I'm still going to enter the space. And why am I saying I don't fit in with like the normal life coach? Dude, I feel like other life coaches are like, well, other life coaches, you know, they're all like, Zen, hippie, they all talk like this. You know, they don't talk with energy. They don't talk fast. Like they don't, uh, 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 uh. like, you know, most life was like, yeah, you know, so what, this is what we're going to do today. And we're going to be so calm and we're going to be so gentle. And I come with fire. I come with passion. Like this is me. So I always felt like, oh, I don't fit in. I felt like an imposter because I'm like, life coaches aren't like, oh, like they're not big, but that's who I am. So, but the thing is now when I work with guys and I do that, you know, there's the gentle aspect, there's the uh, aspect and every part of it is appreciated. And the thing is, that's who I am. And if you think of just what I said with the confidence, who I'm, uh, it's, if, um, what do you call it? If I know who I am, well, which is who I am, who I am, uh, life coach, insp- uh, inspirator, motivator, empowerment, whatever, empowerment coach. And I know what I do and I know how well, and, and I know how I do it best. Like I come in with passion and I'm not saying other coaches don't come with passion. I just come with a lot. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Or like, that's what I'm uh, heading towards right now. And um, yeah, so what I'm working right now towards is just um, finishing up my premium offer and my call offers. And uh, that's it. So 
that's a lot of work. And I say it's a lot of work. I thought um, I was going to be done by the middle of April, but um, because this is not something I'm familiar with, it's actually taken a lot longer. So yeah. it's going to be a while. Um, I don't know when the website should be done. I have somebody who's helping me with the website, but um, it's something I've wanted to do for a while. And I've had a couple of guys actually tell me, you know what, you'll be good at it. I see you as a life coach, man. Like, so it's just, it's about time for me to just go out there and do something I'm passionate about, um, empowering guys, um, seeing guys like kick ass and win at life. And the thing too is like, this came from me helping guys through fitness. And I realized, you know, the guys who, oh, I mean, <laughs> the fitness was just one aspect. It was just an aspect for them to like um, change their life and transform their life. So seeing how fitness has helped them a little bit. I'm like, man, imagine if I could spend some time one-on-one, really get into their brain, get, in, oh, sorry, get into their brain, get into the heart. I'm going to do damage. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going straight for the heart, straight going straight for the heart, straight for the mind, because honestly, that's what matters, man. You know, it's, um, we need more confident guys out there. We need more guys living the truth. We need more guys living life with passion, um, you know, sharing the feeling, sharing the emotion and not feeling ashamed of it. You know, you don't need anybody to, you know, you don't need anybody to, to, to what you call it, to, um, to validate your feelings. Your feelings are valid. You know, just share them, talk to them about it, be a light for somebody else. And that's sort of um, what I'm working towards. That's what I'm all about right now. So will I still be doing fitness? Yes, I believe I'll still be doing fitness. I'll still be training people because I love working with people. I love connecting with people. I love the fitness industry, but I want to get more involved with men's minds and men's hearts. Because that's really what I have a passion for. I mean, even when I started with fitness, it was more about the transformation. And how I teach people is help them overcome some of their limiting beliefs. Like, I like having people do stuff they didn't think they could do. You know, I'm just going to put two plates on it. Wait, I haven't done two plates. Don't worry, you can do it. And then they do it. I'm like, see, this is one thing. You need to start trusting me. Because the thing is, this is a trusting. If you trust me, then you're going to know. You know what, Nate sees. Because the thing is, I'm not going to have you do something I don't think you can do. I tell every one of my clients that. If I'm having you do something, even if you've never done it before, it's because I know you can do it. And guess what? You just proved me right. So the next time I want you to do something and it's out of, outside of your comfort zone, know that I know you can do it. But the thing is, do you know you can do it? That's what I'm trying to prove to you. If I'm having you do this, I'm trying to show you you can do it. So the next time I have you to do something, don't ask questions. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of my clients are starting to get that because it's not just about the exercise, it's about the mind. So even how I train, like, I mean, I train them physically, but I really get after the minds. So um, I've been doing that a whole lot more since the end of 2020, uh, since the end of 2021. Um, one of my um, clients, like, and he's actually one of the ones who inspired me to do this, Mark. Um, yeah, so uh, Mark Jordan, if you actually listen to this, man, you're the one responsible for this. But this guy, when he first came to the gym, Mark couldn't even look me in the eye. We're having a consultation and like you'd, he did, he lacked, and I'm not saying he didn't have confidence in himself, but I don't know if he was shy or whatever, but he was so soft-spoken, looking at me in the eye, making eye contact, he was struggling to do, but um, he was struggling to do it. And like, when we would work together, he'd always stick with me like a puppy dog. If I had to go to the washroom, I feel like he'd be like, oh man, like stuck like a deer in the headlights. He had, um, he, he, he didn't talk to people in the gym. And now it's like, the other day he was coaching, he was showing Michael, one of the, uh, one of the gym members, a stretch. Like this, Mark went from like, keep to himself to like, oh, he knows a lot of the regulars in the gym. He's buddies. He, um, he also entered the transformation challenge, the new you at the WMBF new you transformation challenge. And before he got on stage, he had mad nerves, anxiety. I had to get Corey's mom to perform some Reiki on him. But you know, like after that, 
I have never, ever... Okay, fine, I have now because he did it to me. But before Mark, I'd never, ever had a grown man carry me in his arms and swirl me around. Like, that's how happy the dude was. Like, he was over the moon. And I mean, like, so Mark, you lost about 60 pounds together, but he was so happy... He said he had never, he never thought he would ever do this across the stage. Now I was thinking of competing in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Like his life has changed. Why? Mostly because of fitness, but also because I've challenged him. I've shown yep. him like, dude, you, you're capable of so much more. I encourage him to like step outside or go, go do this. Like, I, you know, it's one of those, I challenge him not just in the gym, but just at life, mm-hmm. you know? And um, what else? And I think because of that, it's like, you know, he stepped out of his comfort zone. He's done things that like he normally wouldn't do. He's happier. And it's like, and but honestly, seeing how and like I know he's he's been happy, but seeing like literally seeing that like he carried me and he like turned me around three times. Like my son was then. I'm like, I felt like a little boy. I've never like it's so weird. I've never had a man carry me and like so happy and like, dude, he was overjoyed. And for me, I'm like, I love this feeling. Like I love seeing him so happy, and I love sort of how I felt. And I'm like, yeah, I need to do more of this. That's what I need to mm-hmm. do. Like I the fitness is is good, but like more men need this. Like this. If I stop working with him right now, he's a changed man. Yeah. Like I don't even have to worry about him. Mm-hmm. So um, that like that just lit up my passion for uh, more mindset coaching and everything. Funny enough, actually not funny enough, got my um, certification as a life coach in 2020. And I'm also finishing up my certification in NLP. So I don't know if you know NLP. What, no, what's NLP? Uh, ne- uh, neuro-linguistic programming. So it's oh. basically just changing. Uh, just helping people change their thought patterns. Okay. Yeah. That's so, really that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I so. didn't know you already had the life coaching part. There's a lot you don't know. <laughs> yeah. no, it's one, cause it it truly tell, is. I didn't tell a lot of people because, like I said, it, you know, it's one of those, uh, I, I still didn't have full confidence in myself. There's still the impost, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, people see me as a fitness person. Why am I going to put, put myself as a life coach? Like, I don't look like a life coach, you know, but I think that's actually what's going to differentiate me from other life coaches. Mm-hmm. A lot of big dudes might not want to talk to some skinny, hippie dude, but they'll talk to me. Why? Yo, man, I'm a competitor. I'm a mm-hmm. macho dude. I get it. You can talk to me about your feelings. You can get all soft and feminine and I will not look at you different. I will still see you like a beast, the man that you are, the man that you deserve to be. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I get it. Like I, I look like this versus, you know, imagine like, I'm, it's just one of those, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but there's this thing in the gym where big guys will not, they don't take advice from little guys because like, well, I'm bigger than you. I'm not going to take advice from you. What do you mean if I don't, that's no, my no, life. No, but, that's, <laughs> no, but that's legit it. Like, that's how big guys are. So now, it's, and if that's how big guys think, that's literally how they think. Do you think they're going to go talk to a hippie life coach? Yeah. No. Because mm-hmm. it's like, man, who's this guy who, you know, does yoga? He's 160 pounds, you know, does all, they're, they're not going to talk to him, mm-hmm. but they're going to talk to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I look like this. I got a beautiful wife. I got a beautiful family. I have the things they want. You're trying to tell me those guys are not going to talk to me. Mm-hmm. They will. And that's what I feel like sets me apart from other coaches or can set me apart from other coaches. I'm not saying I want to, you know, work with macho dudes or just, or whatever, but I feel like that I have a little bit of a, you know, because of my energy, my passion or whatever, I do have something different that other male life coaches don't have. And even though I'm saying life coach right now, the thing that I'm mostly, uh, um, I guess that I'm niching on is mindset and confidence because you have the right mindset and you have the confidence to carry out what is what is in your mind. No one's stopping you Yeah. other than death. Or, well, I guess not. Yeah, so no one is stopping <laughs> you. Something can stop you, but no one's stopping you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, where I'm heading, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of like the whole confidence part too. And that's why I like about imposter syndrome, because like, I think where you, the whole comment where you said like the big guy's not going to listen to the little guy. I, I fight with that because 
like of my knowledge that I have, I can help the big guy, but because I don't play that part. But the thing is, is like, I'm not trying to get big. Yeah. Like I got, oh, no, I'm I, not I working on other yeah. issues, yes. but no, the world totally doesn't see it. that, yeah. you know? And the, it's funny you say that because I mean, I say that because I've tried to help big guys too. And like I, any big guy right now can probably help them help, uh, help them get bigger because a lot of big guys, sometimes they're just big because they just happen to be big. Like I was 127 pounds. So I'm not ever going to be 250 something pounds. Some guys were 170. So when they start lifting weights, they'll get to 240. Mm -hmm. And then if they, you know, jump on the sauce, they can even get bigger. So it's one of those, like, I, I can help them get bigger because I understand how to put on muscle. If I was 127 pounds, I got to 200 pounds. You're trying to tell me I can help you get from 240 to 260. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Mm -hmm. You're already big. I can help you get bigger. Mm -hmm. I understand how to put on muscle. So, but big guys won't listen to me because they're, they're bigger than me. Yeah. That's just how they are. And I mean, it's one of those, I, I used to bother me too, but I made my peace with it because the thing is I realized like you're already, it's one of those, if I help you get bigger, your ego is just going to grow. So like, maybe that's not what you need because the thing is big guys have a lot of ego. So I didn't realize where I would feel something with my own ego. Cause I'm like, I want to help you. Can't you see? I want to help you. I'm like, Oh, this is my ego. I want to help the big guy. So do I need to help the big guy? Forget the big guy. Mm -hmm. So like now I don't care much about big guys or but it's but it's it's a it's a thing but like it's sort of a trend or it's actually a fact truth they will not like they will not take information from guys who are smaller than them mm -hmm. unless maybe like they know you from like maybe you used to be a retired you're a retired yeah. athlete or you know one of the other big boys told them about you like mm -hmm. otherwise not nah, big guys are weird but at least maybe if they hear me somebody else with muscles talk and everything like they might be like oh you know what it's actually okay you know it's okay for me to talk to this guy or to you know learn from this guy or to actually just talk about my feelings but yeah well, it goes back to what you said like or we were talking about earlier just this your success will do the talking yep and then people will come to you so that that's awesome man yeah. like I, i'm proud of you yeah, thank and that's you, very you. very exciting i can't wait till you can get this in, in oh, full motion I can't because wait we we know people need this help we know yeah. men need this help yeah. And, you know, to, like you said it yourself, you, yeah, you definitely got the energy and that's, you know, what I really appreciate about you. You got the experience, you've yeah. been there and yeah. I think you are, if we had to put it in this category, like a good spokesperson for this, because oh, you're right, you, you got, you. You. you got the look and everything. And so thank maybe you, people you, that have been in this shell can finally break out and you can be that person to help them break out of that shell. Like mark there yeah because that yeah. is very inspiring and to just see somebody transform yeah. and that's what i mean not transform physically transform mentally yeah because that's the goal yeah like yeah. at the end of the day that's the goal that's the so goal, yeah. that's that's amazing man and i'm super excited for you and i just well, can't wait you. to see what you can do so thank you and thank much. you so much for your time i really appreciate you coming here thanks for having me um and like blast. i knew we were going to talk i knew we were going to talk about this but then to hear just your whole life story and like your culture and everything that was that really added to oh, it man, so man, i man. really enjoyed this i'm happy yeah, yeah great I'm, time, I'm happy so. to yeah i'm happy you had me here the first one you sent me i was like it's like, I'm going to be on a podcast. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll see how this goes. But now I'm like, this is awesome. I love this. Yeah, thanks, Great man. Time, Appreciate man. it. So, Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks so much again, man. Thank okay. you very much for having me. You guys take care. Take care. Bye.